Welcome to the Ambitious Podcast. So happy to have you here. In this episode, I sit down with my friend Cheyenne Thomas. Her maiden name is Skillman. Her and I have been friends for a long, long time, since childhood. I really enjoyed my conversation with her, but I wanted to leave a quick disclaimer and warning at the beginning of this episode, as it does contain some strong language, some discussions about substance use, and also a story about domestic violence. So if any of those things might be triggering to you, please switch over to a different episode or come back next time. Otherwise, please enjoy the episode. Ambitious. I haven't touched it since. (laughs) They're nice microphones. They have really good audio quality and a lot of YouTubers use them. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, I don't know if you know this, but I don't do like, I've deleted social media from my phone in October because I was oh. really overwhelmed by the world and there's been a lot of changes since October and now like and so I got on yeah. YouTube to watch like how to use my Yeti microphone and I couldn't figure out you used to be able to skip ads and now you can't skip ads and then sometimes the ads and I was like I'm too overwhelmed for this yeah you gotta pay for YouTube premium yeah now, I know wanna... just since October the whole world's changed it's pretty crazy weird what's it like to be off of social I love it it's it's awesome I was getting like really I was getting really sucked into it where I was on my phone all the time and I have kids and I'm going to school and I have like all these other things that I could be doing to be productive but it made the social part of me feel fulfilled because I'm super social Mm -hmm. so I validated like oh it's okay that I can be scrolling through Facebook or whatever but then um the world got really heavy and I was it was triggering my anxiety really bad scrolling through and like I'd have to wake up in the morning and feel like I had to go check my phone or else the world like might cave in and somebody might die and I might not know it <laughs> gotta stay plugged in yeah know who's so, alive and who's not yeah exactly and though obviously the only way to do that is through Facebook or Instagram right um and then I also started feeling like a lot of like guilt about like my house isn't pretty enough compared to all these Instagrammers or... Oh, yeah. Like, That's the problem I have. Oh, yeah. Comparing my oh, life to my other gosh. these travel vloggers. Oh, and... my gosh. Like the Bucket List family. Have you heard of the Bucket yeah. List family? Okay. Why can't I be that family? They're amazing <laughs> and they do incredible things in the world. But so I just like I was talking to my husband, Clark, and I was like, I... He was like, you're panicking. Like you're having... You wake up in the morning, you're like, where's my phone? And I'm not, not like that normally. So... um I know myself and my Panic addictive attacks. tendencies. Yeah. yeah. I know how addictive I am. Like, I've had an addiction to Diet Coke since I was six. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to cold turkey, delete it. So I deleted Facebook and Instagram off my phone. And I thought that I was going to be like waking up going, oh my gosh, where's my phone? Because that's what I'd been doing before. But it actually felt really good. And I haven't had that desire to get back on it. And it's been really cool because I've been able to plug back into people like Mm. text people that I like Julie Abel and Ashland who I hadn't talked to in forever. I text her randomly all the time now. Like that's cool. Because when I think of people instead of like messaging them or whatever, I text them now, which still isn't the same as talking on the phone or whatever. But right. It's been good for me, except for then when I do need to get on it, then I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. You gotta like go on your computer, type it in on the web browser, Instagram.com. Yeah, I actually did that the other day on my work computer because I had to look at something and then it's like, you must log in with Facebook. And I was like, "Ah, never mind, I don't need to look at this. It's probably better that way to have like a a healthy relationship with it. Like only get on when you need to and not just habitually. Yeah. And I don't don't really trust myself enough to like... Have the self-control. Yeah, taper it. So it was like all or nothing. Like I've tried, Mm. like seriously, Diet Coke. I've tried weaning off of it like six different times. Can't do it? No. I don't. <laughs> I ask me hooked. when the last time I drank water was. Uh, when was the last time you drank water? I don't remember. 
Drink some water right now. I don't want to drink any water. That stuff tastes like crap. <laughs> it gives me heartburn. That's like how much I drink. Water di- gives you heartburn? Water gives me heartburn. I have well, a Well, I mean, you have diabetes. So yeah, but that doesn't really... So you kind of really... have to balance your... No. Does Diet Coke help with that? No. Does it make it worse? No, it doesn't do anything. No. Because there's no carbs neutral. or sugar, so it's... it's. But the aspartame, much... isn't that like... Isn't it, that... Yeah, probably. I have the worst teeth ever. <laughs> and it might give me cancer, but I'll die happy. I mean, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> now I'm jealous. I'm going to drink some of my Diet Coke. <laughs> I just took a sip of water. Can you hear that? Uh... Yes. <laughs> Just because I put it up to my throat. Um, yeah. So I, I think it'd probably be healthy to do it. Like wean myself back in. But Diet I know. Coke. I, I remember the first time I ever had one. I, I was a just regular Coke mm-hmm. person. Yeah. I couldn't do Especially that. Especially being married to a uh, Mexican back in the oh, yeah. back with my ex. They're big on Coke. Big, big on Coke. And that's when I got into it. Yeah. And I had tried a Diet Coke one time because I was working for a vending machine company. It's like, ugh. It's just like, it just like tasted like foam yeah just foamed up in my mouth and i was like i just want the real stuff <laughs> that doesn't offend me at all <laughs> just kidding but um, now i've i've quit like i don't drink coke that's awesome. or soda at all i just water and i've gone in beer. like i've gone in phases <laughs> water and beer that's all you need um i've gone in phases where sometimes i'll i'll try like i'll try weaning off of it but you have to replace it with something and i don't i hate water so i can't replace it with water because then i'm just like this doesn't work so everyone tries to get me crystal light or whatever but i'm like but the, the like literally the amount of endorphins from the fizz when i drink it just can't be replaced by anything i probably drink eight cans a day wow i know it's really bad that's surprising the here's the process of addiction the first step is admitting you have a problem i have a diet coke drinking problem the second step is wanting to get over it and i have not hit step two yet (laughs) (laughs) at least you're at step one just sit there be happy with it (laughs) just happy with it yeah so like going back to social media i know like how my addictive tendencies work where Mm -hmm. it's like all or nothing and sometimes i i don't trust myself enough to find that happy medium that like even limiting my daily exposure doesn't work i tried to do like they have the screen time app on your phone where like have you seen that yeah yeah okay so like it was like cut you off after an hour mm-hmm. i just hit the pause button <laughs> keep going yeah it like just, uh, just bypass that it doesn't work so how does that how did it work with uh social media but not with diet coke how are you able to quit one not the other um because i had i found something to replace it with like so oh. social media i was like okay if i get rid of that what can i do and i'm like okay and spend more time studying because i'm trying to I'll be getting my degree in a couple weeks and I can like plug in more to my kids. Um, I can text people or FaceTime people. Like I FaceTime Kaylin randomly all the time. She's my best friend. I love her. Yeah, I was looking through your Facebook the other day. You still have it. Yeah, it's still there. It's like, oh, there's like pictures of you and Kaylin like oh, yeah. in high school yeah. or in college when you were roommates. Yeah. Well, her, <laughs> like she and I are so funny because, well, okay. So we were friends when we were little when you guys lived here. And yeah. then when you moved to the coast... And then moved back, she was, like, this cool, way above me, like, hippie teenager. And I, like, full disclosure, thought she was, like, I would never be friends with her because she was very different than me when we were in high school. Mm -hmm. Then we both got into BYU at the same time. And then this, like, desperation. Yeah. And seriously, she's my best friend in the whole world. I love her. We became best friends. We hung out all the time. We still, well, we still do, but we have, like, kids and responsibilities her and i used to be really close i i would say we still are but just with her having kids yeah her kids ruin everything (laughs) kids just i love them kids just make life so much more difficult (laughs) harder to like 
connect with yeah, your single friends. Well, it's hard to be. Yeah. And I think that there's well, your brother, which, <laughs> you know, I think that there's like two things for that. So I think like as a mom, it's hard for you because you feel like anything you do would be taking attention away from your kids. And then I think as being an outsider, because I get to live both those lives when my kids aren't here, which is kind of weird. As being an outsider, you don't want to impose on somebody who has kids because you don't want to like make them feel like they're being taken away from their kids which is yeah. really weird because in reality like we all just want to be friends <laughs> right. so why, why why are we doing this yeah that's really it's a really interesting dynamic especially for me like i'm so social and i'm not a homebody but my whole life is at home now so i'm like <sighs> kids will do that yeah yeah especially, and covid oh my gosh kids and COVID. covid make you stay at home kids and covid well yeah and i work from home full-time and I do even after COVID goes away, like that's my life now, which is great. But then my whole social circle before this was work. So I'm like killed myself for friends. <laughs> Wait, what do you do from home? What's your job? I am a business systems analyst for Cambia Health Solutions. It's which... so you. <laughs> it's uh, pretty much my favorite thing. Um, basically, so Cambia Health is like, they're the head, the overall company, but it's health insurance. So it's like Regents, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Utah, all mm. the Regents, Blue Cross Blue Shield plans. Yeah. Um, well, Blue Shield of, anyways, details. Um, so my job is really hard to explain. Um, <laughs> you don't have to get too into it. <laughs> Just an analyst. Yeah, basically I'm an analyst. Yeah. I make sure Sweet. that our claims payment system does what it's supposed to based on like companies customization of benefits. Do you like it? I love my job. That's cool. I love my job. And I don't feel guilty about it either. Cause I know some people like some moms. Yeah. I have no mom guilt about loving my job. Good. There's so <laughs> many people these days who are just like hate their job. Oh, trust and me. I love my job. Like That's this is part of my job to do this podcast. Even though I'm not like making any money from it. Well, you might, you have those little ads. Cute ad. Yeah. Let's <laughs> take an ad break. <laughs> do you make any money off those um yeah like a tiny tiny bit i mean well then it pays for gas for you to get here where do you live i live just on the border of medford and jacksonville oh okay it's so like 15 minutes quite a bit of gas i mean comparatively not that much <laughs> yeah, i mean that car oh you got a fuel efficient little yeah little, my car little chevy is Sonic. not fuel efficient but is yours the one with a snorkel yes <laughs> nice. that's my baby my little lexus so why were you uh so excited to be on the podcast oh you've gosh. been a long time listener ammon i have been listening to this i think since day one like since i what was your very first was it ambitious your very first one the very first podcast i ever did was my joint one with my ex-wife oh the ammon dam yeah the inter interracial marriage no are we allowed to talk about it we can talk about it yeah <laughs> okay. i'm very very open just like okay. you i'm very open i'm to talk also about very it. open been married three times no shame um yeah, literally. I'm, i i am after my first i was married for eight years got divorced left the church and I'm terrified of marriage now. Really? Yeah, like listening to you talk about your second when you're married for just like a month. Yeah. I'm like, I just don't know. And I love my girlfriend to death. And yeah. I, I want to marry her, but I'm just struggling to like pull that trigger. I'm like, why do I need that? Why do I need a government to sign a paper to say that I'm... So, but how does Taylor feel about that? Like, is she... Similar. She'd been married before. Which, I mean, see, then that's okay. If, like, you don't need it and it's not an important part of your 
radar as long as you like love each other and have that commitment there that for me the paper is important which sounds weird because i've been married three times Mm -hmm. but i also have like abandonment issues because of it (laughs) so i mean oh so the paper is like a security for you oh yeah oh yeah massively security (laughs) my poor husband he (laughs) yeah it's kind of like um which is weird because my so my first marriage uh i think i cumulatively have been married for eight years Okay. Hold on. Three. No, wait. Have we been married three or four? I don't know. Probably about eight <laughs> years cumulatively. But my first marriage, um, we were together for three years and then it ended in um, like a domestic violence situation, which it, it, I mean, my ex, my first ex, number one, um, had a lot of control and anger issues. And I got married really young. So I got married at 18 because. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I was barely 18. I got married in August after I'd turned 18 in March. I knew him. He was, oh, yeah. I mean, he seemed really nice to me. Yeah. Um, from the outside. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I married But then him I heard about reason. your domestic violence issue or incident, or there was multiple, wasn't there? Um, Kind of. So it was like, so it started with a lot of, there was like a lot of verbal abuse. And I didn't, I couldn't recognize it because I was a baby. And also, I, I didn't really have the opportunity to see what a, good healthy relationship not that my parents had a fine relationship but I didn't they didn't really open up about what their relationship was like to us so I I didn't I think for Mormon families yeah 100% to not open be open about it like what's sex what's domestic violence look like what is anything (laughs) we're so sheltered in this bubble and then you're living in Utah yeah and then more of a bubble well yeah and then also when you're in the BYU bubble like everybody's getting married so that's just what you do and if you don't get married at 18 then you're like the weirdo which I am like I have this personal vendetta (laughs) now for this whole getting married so young but yeah um so yeah so it started out like verbal and then like he'd like there was a couple times that he like threatened suicide in front of me mm. I, I don't think he would have actually ever done it but there was just like this intense level like a manipulative of, type yeah, of thing yeah and there was this, this intense level of control um and um then I had to like work to put him through school and it kind of there was one instance where I was pregnant where he like punched me in the leg a couple times and I left like I came to my parents house and then again had a bishop call me that was like hey like forgiveness blah 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 so I was like okay all right cool well sure but like bishop do you know like the details yeah yeah what's happening exactly have you talked to my husband yeah about his right problem yeah well so then i i came home and the bishop was like at our house like waiting oh so then he sat down and was like okay well forgiveness and blah blah and things happen and i'm like okay but if it ever happens again i'm gone because no like and i still probably shouldn't have done it then like good for you for at least i was also massively pregnant so right (laughs) i was like a little terrified of being by myself sure reasons to stay yeah well, not not really. I mean, in retrospect. Yeah, but like at the time, you had reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm and pregnant, I, I'm... Yeah, and I was 19. Yeah. Like, so, I again, sure. had no idea. So then he graduated and we moved, and then I stayed at home with Kendra because she... I had her right before going out there, and then it just got worse because I was home all the time, so it kind of like was like limiting my social exposure. He had a lot of control over that, and mm-hmm. I was miserable. Um, and then it accumulated in like, I think that, I can't even remember. Like the initial argument was that I loaded the dishes the wrong way in the dishwasher. Mm, I think. So pretty s- yeah, standard. Yeah. I know. You know, like a normal thing to beat someone up over. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. I said it, not you. 
<laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, a pretty standard thing to argue about. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Couples argue about that all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, couples have their things and... <clears throat> Sorry. Hopefully that wasn't too loud. <laughs> I didn't hear it. So um, then basically like, yeah, a whole domestic trigger warning violence thing happened and he got arrested and my mom came up and picked me up and brought me down here. How did he get arrested? Like you called. Uh, so I went running out of the house, like screaming bloody murder. Um, and like this angel neighbor across the street had just pulled up to her house and was getting out of her car. And I was like, I need help. I need help. So she called 911. And then she let me go in her house, but I was freaking out because Kendra was still in the house. And I was like, oh. It was like... Was that I, that apartment complex? No. That... We lived in like a big three-story house in Portland that we rented from oh. his So this didn't happen aunt. in Utah? The punching happened in Utah. This one didn't happen in Utah. Oh, okay. Is it hard for you to talk about? No. Does it, do I look like I'm having a hard time talking about no, it? No, I just... I don't know how many questions I'm, I, I can ask. You can ask as many... You can ask like what did he do and i'll tell you oh he punched me in the face and messed up my jaw and now i have tmj because of it it's mm. not hard for me to talk about therapy and i i it, it, there's this weird thing i think with domestic violence like i own it and part of owning it is recognizing that it's not okay and then helping people see that too nice so i'm fine with talking about it because like if someone's punching you in the face and you're married to them it's not healthy. Not worth it. No matter if you're <laughs> pregnant. It doesn't matter. Have a house together. It doesn't matter. Like, no house together. If you have a dog you're worried about, like, you'll figure it out, man. Oh, you guys had a bunch of dogs. I remember that. Yeah. And Nico's the only one left. He's the oh, old. you still have one of yeah, them. Yeah. Which is, Aww. he's old. There he is right there. Yeah. Cute. Um, so he punched you in the face in Portland where you were at the time. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was a, I, I can't remember if it was a punch, but there was hand connecting to face. So. Over a dishwasher incident. Yeah. And then, okay. So he, there was a, he was yelling at me about the dishwasher. And so I go into the other room. How long you guys been together at the time? Three years. And so you're pretty used to him like yelling. Yeah. 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 It's a normal thing. And I, and I, I had learned at that point that it was better to remove myself from the situation. Um, but I also think I did that because I knew it would make him more angry. And if he got more angry then usually he'd leave, like Mm -hmm. just go. But, um, this time he didn't. So I like, went from the kitchen into our bedroom and I was folding laundry and then he came in and I don't I don't remember what he said he called me a lot of bad names all the time though like mm. I won't tell you but yeah it, just 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 in th- case my parents you, listen, you don't want to hear the things that he called me. <laughs> use your imagination everybody <laughs> and and then escalate that times two and you're about halfway there oh god um so yeah it, at first he he like laid he like pushed me down and then was like banging his forehead on my chin and then yeah and then he was saying something like this is great because it'll look like you hurt me which i was like (laughs) so then and kendra was sitting behind me kendra was like two sitting on the bed behind me so i was freaking out and i was just thinking i gotta get kendra out of here gotta get kendra out of here so i grab her and start running and he grabs my arm and pulls and i think he popped it out i can't remember and then i'm still holding on to her and he I can't remember if he punched or like hit my face really hard. And he hit me so hard that I was like seeing stars for a second. So then he took Kendra and I was like, I got to get out. And I I was freaking out. It was this really weird thing because he had Kendra and I'm like a mom. I don't want to leave her. But I also was like, I'm useless if I'm dead. (laughs) So I ran out of the house and then that's when the neighbor called. And then the weirdest thing about this whole thing, though, is the cops showed up and they Uh, took him out and I was at the house across the street and they took him out in handcuffs 
and he went away and I went back over and got Kendra and I started crying, like bawling my eyes out, not because I was traumatized, but because I was so happy that I now had a way out and that I didn't have to like live this anymore, Mm. which is like really, um, it's kind of messed up if you think about it. Like if you have to get to the point for me, I know that feeling. Yeah. Like you get to the point that you're like so relieved that this, even though it's like the worst thing ever that could happen. I mean, there's a lot of bad things, but in my life at the time, that was pretty bad. Yeah. And I, I'd also just had a miscarriage a couple weeks before. So I had like a lot of emotional. So you guys had just one child together. Well, that's the beginning of the story. Oh, we have two. I was pregnant when he beat crap out of me oh that time yeah you were pregnant like time. two weeks pregnant i had no idea i didn't find out till i was oh, wow. like six months later oh <laughs> yeah whoa the whole story you don't know this no um yeah i mean we can keep talking about this story you have an appointment you might be here all day no no it's fine oh. it's not till three and it's only oh is it like 11 i don't know so um my mom drove up and picked me up and i moved down here and i moved in with my parents to their house out by the lake mm-hmm. and I was like... Down in, in Medford, right? In Ashland. In Ashland. Yeah. Hold on, I need to drink a Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, take a breather. Man, this is this is nuts. I, I heard about... Um, I think I just heard about one that... Uh, an incident that happened with you in a vehicle. But anyway, yeah, not to vehicle, get off trap. The vehicle is the punching one. And I think it's because Kaylin knew about that because they like mm. came and picked me up from the airport because yeah. they lived downstairs. And that was when you lived in Utah? Yeah, that was when I lived okay. in Utah. So I don't... I mean, I think I heard about this one but not in this kind of detail. Yeah. Well, I I don't talk about it a lot, not because I don't want to, but because most of the time it's not like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm right. Shane. Want to hear like the, the story most... of the grappling well, out? That's why I love <laughs> podcasting. Is like, yes. It's a platform. Like one thing that I've been really loving about podcasting, and then we can get back on track with your story because I want to hear the rest, is they have social media. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. It's like this fake version. Everybody has... Everybody only posts the very tip top little section of the best part of their life. Right. They don't show the, the rest and of the circle. And they even filter that part. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then it, there's the cancel culture and people don't get context. People just assume that they know what you mean. Yeah. So with podcasting, it's almost like a, it's a platform that you can explain context yeah. and intent. And I love it. And it's almost like a bridge between social media and real life. Well, thank you for really letting like. me um tell my story on here. I yeah, mean. it's not like awkward. I'm not like let's <laughs> let's meet. I haven't seen you since Utah when we worked at that, <laughs> that alarm like company 10 together. 10 years ago. It was a really long time I, ago. Full disclosure, forgot you worked there until you told me this morning and then it all came flooding back. It was only for a few months. I know. But now That's like we can we get back together like this, like the podcast brought us back together. We can oh. talk about this like really <laughs> intense topic that can be really helpful. Yeah, it can be. Okay, back on track. So. Okay. So where were we? You beat the crap out of me. Got arrested. Moved back down with your parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. I moved back in with my parents. Um, and they, so I had Kendra and she was like a year and a half. Well, she was 18 months same thing mom talk i like it bothers me when moms are like a year and a half 18 months you're like the same thing less than two yeah um and i just did it so um and i was with them for a little bit but i was going crazy because i like felt like i had fully stepped backwards i didn't want to live with my my parents so i got a job very quickly um and then my mom would watch kendra and i saved up enough money to buy a car and uh, get into apartment all while going through a horrible divorce like we're talking well first of all i got a restraining order um that's good which if you need to get a restraining order call me because i know the process very well 
<laughs> just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, this is, Cheyenne is your lifeline, people. <laughs> <laughs> For multiple reasons. Um, so the also, if you have health insurance questions, <laughs> okay, <laughs> there we go. Um, so uh, there was the restraining order. Then he had his felony charges that I wasn't partic- I didn't participate that in that in that at all because it's a domestic violence situation. They just take police reports and stuff. So he had that going on. And then the restraining order. And then we also had our divorce. So um, I got an attorney right away um, and like went in and told her the whole thing. And and basically my number one concern was Kendra. Like I just didn't – I was like I can't let Kendra go. Like I need to keep Kendra. So we did quite a bit of that. Um, And then I think like the actual divorce process took – a year and a half, a little bit more than that, mm. I think. Um, Cause it was December of the following year. So it, while all this is going on, I'm working full time. I saved up enough money for my own apartment. I moved in at Christmas time, um, had my car and Kendra and everything. Uh, I start like feeling this weird thing in my stomach, like felt like bad gas, but like next level. And I was like, this almost feels like I have a baby kicking me. And no, seriously. So, oh my god. Then I'm at my mom's house one time, and my mom, my mom's like, "Are you pregnant?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I might be." She's like, "How?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know." And then I felt like I had to explain, like I haven't been with anybody else since this happened. So, and this has been like six months. Yeah. So yeah, it happened in August, like two days after our anniversary, and this was right after Christmas. So August, September, October, November, just four. Almost five months. I went into the doctor five months after. So I went into the doctor and my first doctor's appointment, they said, yes, you're pregnant. Congratulations. You're having a boy. Also, your baby has brain problems. So we need you to go to this specialist. So it was a lot because I was going through the middle of a divorce, just found out I was pregnant and then found out that my baby had um, brain problems. So that was in January and they told me that I was due the end of May and I had to drive up to Portland and get MRIs once a month for his brain because he had what's called hydrocephalus, which is like they call it water on the brain. Basically, we're going to get all sciencey here, which is my love Do it. Language. I love medi- medical talk. <laughs> so do I. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, basically, the you have um, fluid in your brain mm-hmm. and it drains into your spinal cord through this little hole. And for Colin, his never developed. So his body couldn't get rid of the excess fluids in his brain. Oh, so this is a normal thing that happens. Not normal. Well, the fluid draining. Yeah. Fluid draining is normal. If yeah. it doesn't happen, then you're not normal. Then you have right, hydrocephalus. Right. So, um, and, and it can be caused for lots of reasons. Sometimes, and they don't know the exact reasons, but it can be like early trauma in pregnancy, which I had. I also had diabetes. It can be something they don't know exactly what causes it, but it was just the perfect storm. So he's due at the end of May, um, and I'm going up once a month. And we go up Easter weekend, which was also Kendra's second birthday, for my appointment. And I was like so sick all the way up there. I was like just like throwing up so sick. Um, and then we get up to – I get in the MRI machine and I start having contractions. <laughs> in the MRI machine no yeah so I hit the button and I'm like um guys I'm having contractions and they're like (laughs) the tech comes on he's like they're probably Braxton Hicks and I'm like this is my second baby they're not Braxton Hicks I'm having real life contractions he's like okay well we'll finish the MRI and then get someone from labor and delivery up here to to check you out I'm like okay 
30 seconds later, he goes, can you please stop tensing your tummy so we can get a better MRI? You're like, bro, I just told you I'm having contractions. <laughs> no, I can't do that. That's called labor. I can't. I have no control over it. So, Ammon, we're going to get real deep here because this, <laughs> this story just gets even better. Like, you think we're at the surface. So, um, so ends up I'm in labor and I'm he's six weeks early and they were like, you know what? We're just going to let you deliver the baby. So I was only planning on being up there for the day. I didn't bring a car seat because I'm not due for six weeks. I didn't bring baby clothes, nothing. I had nothing with me. My mom was and there. And you super sick. Yeah. And I was, well, and it, the reason why I was super sick was because I was in labor, which I didn't mm. realize. Gotcha. Because um, your body freaks out. Labor's gross. I'm not a big fan of labor, childbirth, <laughs> or any of it. I think it's disgusting. <laughs> um <laughs> It's a it's a, a great process to get a beautiful end result, but the middle I don't like. Yeah. But that's fine. Every, to each his own. Some people like it. Um, like Riley. I've always looked up to her. So yeah, She loves it for some reason. I know. And I'm, uh, no. Yeah. Some okay. people love the endorphins. I just, I don't. But that's okay. Like, I like babies. You so. like Diet Coke endorphins. I like Diet Coke endorphins. That's all I need. <laughs> I, don't need no, I don't need to get it. I don't need to be a labor yeah, for go. joy. <laughs> So, um, Colin is born and they show him to me and then they take him off cause he's had brain problems. So they need to look at his brain. Um, and he was so cute. Oh my gosh. He was a cute little baby. So then they're like finishing up or whatever. Um, and then all, all I remember is laying there and like my stomach hurts really bad, which is weird. Cause I had an epidural cause I am not above drugs so that you don't feel the pain of labor. Um, and my stomach hurts really bad. And my mom tells me, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And then I had a doctor and I remember going, this is taking too long. Like something's wrong. And then I don't remember anything. And then, uh, the next thing I remember is someone like patting me mm. going, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. They're trying to wake you up. Yeah. And so I wake, I wake up and there's this lady like this close to my face who I've never seen before. I don't know where my mom is. And I lift my head and there's 15 doctors in the room. Like so many, so many doctors. And I was so confused. I was like, where's my baby? Like, where am I? What's going on? And this lady says, Cheyenne, don't fall back asleep because we might lose you. Cheyenne, don't fall back asleep because we might lose you. And then, um, and then I remember hearing some man yell, we need to get her downstairs right now. And then I passed out. Turns out I actually died um and then i came they they did whatever and had me come back too so i was on an elevator <laughs> the second memory i have with this man on top of me <laughs> like i was like oh, yeah he did cpr Whoa. so i was like laying there and then um i had this really crazy like we might not get into it this might be a whole other podcast but i had this really crazy experience while i was because I was dead for a couple minutes. Like my oh, heart like stopped a... beating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like I had this really crazy experience. So um, then, and, and when I woke up, I realized that like I could have been dead, but I was alive. And I had this, I had this oxygen thing on my mask. So I had the guy, I kept trying to pull it off. So the guy on top of me pulled it off and I go, we need to have cake. And he's like, what'd you say? <laughs> and then he puts the thing back on and then they take me downstairs. So basically what happened was I lost all the blood in my body three times over. All of it. All of it. And they had to give me a massive blood transfusion. Your body holds four units of blood and I got 19 units, um, Whoa. which was pretty crazy. And I did, 
actually die heart stopped beating twice during that process um and the reason why i said we need to have cake is because i realized i just died and come back and i'm like we need it it's basically it's like celebrate. A, a birthday party man because i made it <laughs> and that doctor actually brought me a slice of cake the next day no which way. was awesome wow. I was like, this is so cool so then i was in um then i was in icu for oh i don't know like a week a week and a half but I got to hold my baby and then he didn't have his first brain surgery till he was three months old and then that one didn't work. So he had another one when he was one. And brain has, surgery. Yeah. He's had two brain surgeries. <sighs> yeah. That's not easy. No. Um, yeah. And on the grand scheme of my life, I mean, it's really hard to watch your baby go through something, but I was just so grateful like because I didn't even know he was going to exist and that like like I, I don't ever want to wish him any other health problems, but I was just so grateful going through all of it that he was even here. And he, that kid, he's a little butthead. I love him. He's the best. He's, he's a butthead. Yeah, but he's a butthead. Did your ex-husband ever know about him, meet him? Yeah. So, um, I found out I was pregnant during the whole divorce. And so my attorney basically had to disclose that I was pregnant because you can't hide that or whatever. And initially he was like, well, I don't think it's mine. Um, and then the, then we're like, okay, well we can do a paternity test. Then he's like, okay, fine. I'm just putting it in words. I don't remember exactly what he said, but basically then he said, yeah, okay, it's, it's my kid. So after he was born, he used to come up to my aunt's house, the Shumways and Mm -hmm. like hang out with the kids for an hour. And held him and knew about him um when he was born i don't think he found out right away but i don't remember because i was like you know dead <laughs> yeah, yeah so um yeah it's hard to remember things when i you're know not i know when you're like state. you know <laughs> dead yeah do you know do you have an experience where you know no <laughs> i have <laughs> okay i've heard a lot of uh, stories like uh near-death experiences or i mean death experiences yeah but crazy. yeah people come back with all kinds of crazy like ex- just like thoughts or, or mm-hmm. visions or things mm-hmm. that they, they realized or learned mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And some people say it's because there was like an afterlife and yeah. you see it or whatever. Some people say that's it's just because, brain activity. Yeah, brain activity. Like your brain mm-hmm. just dumps uh, DMT and then you have like a psychedelic yeah. experience or whatever. Which it could be a combination of the two or it could be one or the other. But if it's impactful in a positive way, I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I mean, it's an experience yeah. regardless. Yeah. So... Um, what were we talking about? Oh, so yeah. So, and then the funny thing is Colin had three different names. I didn't meet him until, I didn't hold him until he was like three or four days old. Cause I mm. had gone through this whole thing and yeah. I was like in this like weird chamber. My grandma has pictures. It looks really weird. <laughs> There's sure like all these tubes everywhere. And like my body was so swollen. I look like a, I don't even like a beached whale or something plus i just had a baby like plus trans blood transfusion so i didn't hold hold him for the first couple days so the people in Dude, the, i can't even imagine like your medical bills oh my gosh uh, brain surgery and yeah. then all these blood transfusions those are not cheap no they're not <laughs> and then whatever else they had to do to you like 15 doctors that's not cheap no it's not and i was at ohsu which is the top it, those oh, doctors yeah. get paid next level. Like yeah. I think, well, thank that, God I think you it were was up there. That's a great. If hospital. seriously, if I if I hadn't have been up there, I would have died because the hospitals down in Medford only keep five units of blood on it available <laughs> in their hospital at a time. The rest of it, they have to go get it, and I would have died. There would have been no way yeah. that I would have lived. So all of it was like perfect storm. Um, 
in terms of wow. like my success and <laughs> survival. I can't hair <laughs> flick because my hair's in a ponytail. Hair flick. Hair flick. I'll narrate for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was crazy. And then, so since I didn't hold him, I didn't, I also didn't know I was, I mean, I'd known I was pregnant for, what was that? Three months before he was born. So I didn't have time to. Yeah. Three, four months. Yeah. Four months. Cause he was born at the beginning of, of April. I didn't have time to think about like names. So his first name was Benjamin. And then I was like, I don't know if I like that name. And they were bringing me pictures of him. So first I was like Benjamin. And then when I held him, I was like, you're not a Ben. <laughs> no Benny boy here. Then, um, and th- this is kind of crazy because if you look at my life, why these didn't work out now, it's kind of funny. So then, um, then it was Charles. I was going to call him Charlie. He's not a Charlie. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing. I was almost paralyzed after all this happened because they left the epidural in me for 48 hours, which is twice as long as it's legally able to why be Why did they in. do that? They had to do a groinal infusion or um, blood transfusion oh. and that would have hurt like a mother. So mm. they just did like they basically like shoved this tube and needle. It's graphic. <laughs> Up the groinal. <laughs> Up the groinal. <laughs> um, and so they left the epidural in so that I wouldn't feel it. But when they took it out... I couldn't move my legs. So they thought I was going to be paralyzed and I was leaking spinal fluid out of my back. Not great. No, not good things. So they, um, there was this, he was so handsome. (laughs) There was this handsome devil of a nurse in the ICU (laughs) and his name was Colin and he held his thumb on my back for for his whole 12 hour shift switching from one oh he plugged your to the hole. other he plugged my hole and he was cute oh, Colin. so then that's how colin got his name <laughs> Fitting. legit yeah um and now uh, he so yeah he's had two brain surgeries but he's bilingual all three of our kids are in a dual immersion program so he's really? fluent in english spanish reading writing wow. the only delay he has is he can't write very well because hmm. like fine motor's not quite there but and he puts his shoes on the wrong feet, but what kid doesn't? How old is he now? He's going to be eight in April. Oh, wow. I have eight an eight old. and a 10-year-old. And then my stepson, who's my child, is 12. I'm like really old. Dude, that's crazy. I'm going to be 30 in two weeks. I'm 31. I'll You're be 32 so next month. Old. How does it feel being old? <laughs> uh, does your body you... hurt as bad as everybody says? Yeah. I mean, as soon as you hit 30, like your knees kind of start to pop i i already have psoriatic arthritis so oh well and then when i bend down to like put my shoes on and i take too long i have to stand up really slow because my lower back is like (laughs) (laughs) things to look forward so that's why i'm like i'm drinking water because if i had diet coke it would just exacerbate my issues you just say it no offense that it's sitting over yeah (laughs) take another sip yeah my joints are probably I don't know. I get infusions from my joints right now because they're so bad. I mean, there's something to be said about like not being too crazy and regimented mm-hmm. about your diet. Yeah. Because like if things. certain things make you happy, you got to do it, you know? Yeah, but probably not as it, much it, as it, I do. It, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you balance, you know, you've got to find some balance. <laughs> but as, as least Moderation. You're not, at least you're not drinking. Uh, I don't, I'm not a doctor, but I would say that if you're drinking that much regular Coke every day, it would probably be worse well yeah especially since i have type 1 diabetes right I'd be in the hospital like all the time right exactly yeah. so yeah i mean lesser of two evils at least it doesn't have real cocaine in it because then there's no hope for me getting off of it <laughs> yeah that's, i've never done cocaine mom and dad it's a positive thing <laughs> neither have i <laughs> i'm glad we got that off the table 
Um, so, okay, so two surgeries and then no more ex-husband. No more, not not that one. Well, so he took me to court every other month for three or four years. Um, so it was it was long. We haven't gone a long time. I mean, that's good. Something I'm always nervous about, but oh, he hasn't taken you to court in a long time. Yeah, since Colin started kindergarten, so like two mm. years. Um, How would he possibly ever win anything? Well, I don't, I don't know. He represented himself, and then I, I did get. Was oh, he his, a lawyer? No. Oh. He's a. I think he does the same job that I do. An analyst for a insurance. I think so. <laughs> we need to look at his LinkedIn. So Where's random. my phone? Look at his LinkedIn. I don't. I don't know because I don't care i know that sounds weird but i like it doesn't I, sound weird at all okay yeah I, I just don't care like it doesn't as long as my kids are safe and happy um when they go visit him i i don't they're care. able to visit him still yeah they're visiting him right now where does he live he lives in the bay area so they oh. go down once it, it got crazy so they went from where he only came up and visited them once uh on saturdays for like an hour mm-hmm to then it transitioned slowly over time where he got them for is there something happening oh. no i just saw a car and oh. looked like a nice <laughs> lexus not as nice as mine so um he had them for like an hour and then it transitioned to like a day and then overnight started happening which was really hard for me yeah like freaked me out um and then it went to every other weekend they'd go down there before they were in school How did they go down there Okay, we drive them to Reading, and we meet in Reading. Every so, other weekend. Mm-hmm, so I see him every other weekend, unless Clark takes him because I'm working. Still, you see him every other weekend. Yeah, yeah. Not Well, no, no. One, no. Oh. At the time, I saw him every oh, other weekend. Okay. Now, they go one long weekend a month, spring break, and then six weeks in the summer. Not straight, but like two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Is your anxiety just like through the roof when they're there? Mm. Or is he a good dad? Um, I, I mean, from what I can hear from Kendra and Colin, uh, he's a good dad. I, I've kind of, I'm really big on, so my husband also has a son who he has custody of that lives with us. So all three of them live with us full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are very much of the mindset that our kids will not know what their, what caused their parents to not be with us anymore hmm. until they're adults. Um, but we also balance that with making sure that they understand safety and boundaries and like what's okay and what's not okay. Um, so because we've had those conversations with them, I, tr- I trust my kids to come back and tell me if something were to happen and they haven't done that. So um, don't, don't get me wrong. I still panic. Like I'm still like, <laughs> yeah, I'm usually sure. the day that I, so we're picking him up today. Usually the day we pick them up is the day where I'm like, he's not going to show up. He ran to Mexico with them and I'm never going to see them again. Like every time. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. Dude. Because there's like some yeah. like kind of anxiety methods to, to, calm your anxiety like do you meditate or there's this drug called Celexa (laughs) (laughs) I actually do I do take anti-anxiety medication but I got very I got very picky with what I wanted to take because I don't want anything that like numbs me so what it does is it's called a serotonin inhibitor so it when you have excess serotonin in your brain your brain naturally sucks it up Mm -hmm. okay well when you have anxiety your brain never stops doing that so what Mm -hmm. Celexa does is it cuts off your inhibitor so you just have more of your natural serotonin in your brain it doesn't replace anything um but so there's that's one thing (laughs) but then other things (laughs) are um i'm really weird because meditation is 
a trigger for me. Medi- How so? Meditation and prayer are big triggers mm. for my anxiety because I've associated them with being anxious. Like, mm. so when I was, I would like pray when I was getting yelled at and told all these like terrible things. Um, oh, and so I've associated prayer with, I'm in a really bad situation that I need to escape from. Um, that's not to say like I still pray or whatever, um, normally, but it's not something that I seek out for my brain to relax. Gotcha. Um, hmm. the thing that is, mm, so meditation and prayer feel similar to you. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, cause I've tried different types of meditation. I took a meditation class, which was really, it oh, made cool. me fall asleep. Um, it was really great. I, meditation is pretty boring. I, I, yeah, but I love it in the right, the right circumstance like if i'm trying to go to sleep i'll totally meditate like if i'm trying to fall asleep but if i'm in the middle of like having a panic attack um it's gonna actually trigger me even more mm. which Makes is weird. so that's just not a modality that works for me um diet coke <laughs> 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 but it, like full disclosure if i'm anxious um usually i channel that into something where i feel productive and then my anxiety decreases so I, like a distraction. Yeah, but not even not necessarily distraction, because I will still think about whatever I'm doing mm. to kind of help me go through it. Like, so I really like spreadsheets and like Excel is my love language. I like making spreadsheets for no reason. So I literally have an anxiety spreadsheet where I'm like that it has different. Mm, so you're like the like, only person that I've told this to. This is you're just like organizing it, laying it organizing out, organizing it, and laying so it out. Because mm-hmm, huh. I'm a really logical person. Interesting. So, I, but I can't do that in my brain. I can't go like, okay, what's the worst case scenario, and how would I overcome that? Because that's triggering for me. But if I look at a spreadsheet where I'm like, okay, this is related to this, and this is not reality because of this, but it can be reality because of this. So you're a very visual person. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty visual. So am I. Yeah. So that makes sense to me, and I love organization. Oh my gosh. I don't think that. A spreadsheet for my anxiety would be, but I never tried it. Like maybe that you would could be totally try great. It. I have a um, what do they call it? A uh, template. I could send. <laughs> Please do. How do you feel about pivot tables? <laughs> I've never heard of that. Okay, well we can do a little spreadsheet. One, it might be more stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually what I do when I'm feeling anxious also is not meditation because I mm-hmm. need movement. Yeah, that's what your body. I mean, your body has anxiety for a reason like right. you don't just feel anxiety for no reason yeah well i guess some people might if it's like a disorder but usually when i'm having anxiety is this is something i've learned through therapy mm-hmm. is like if you're in a cage with a tiger you have anxiety because you need to like yeah, run it's your fight or flight yeah so i'll like go to the gym or i will mm. go do the dishes or i'll go water the garden or something act- active where i'm moving yeah to move the anxiety that's or smart. go for a run or something. So your way is just, I mean, it's your way. Yeah, and it works for me. And and I can laugh at myself because I know how ridiculous it sounds, but I also, it works for me. So That's something I'm noticing <laughs> about you through this conversation is that you, like you die and then you wake up, we need cake. Like You just take yourself so uh, the opposite of serious, which I, I think is great. Well, we thanks. need more of that in the world. That's why I literally, Weston came over the other day because apparently he's our ministering brother is what they're calling it now he's in our ward so he's oh. right over there so he comes over the other day and he comes inside and he said something and i was like hey it's no worse than being married three times and i was joking about it and he was like i'm making i'm making a really uncomfortable face right now uh, <laughs> and i'm like no no i hope, I hope he, li- he he listens to this podcast oh, sometimes hi weston shout out hey man 
Those were really, really good chocolates. Thanks for bringing those over. Shout out to Becca, too, because they were delicious. Sorry your kids were screaming in the car. Okay. <laughs> now that we got that out. I didn't know you were... I, I was going to ask, actually, if you were part of the church still. Yes. So, yes. Um, I have a... Uh, and I'm not ashamed of it. I have a different relationship with the church than how I was raised. So, we still go to church. We take our kids to church, and we're raising the kids in the gospel. Um, but my belief of the church has changed from it's it's hard to explain so the fundamental core values of the church that we all have like a heavenly father who loves us and that we make choices and like the repentance and all that kind of thing is something I still believe but what that looks like my independent view is a lot different Mm. um and I and and a lot of it's because the big fundamental thing is I don't think God cares as much as everyone gives him credit. Mm. So I like that. (laughs) I mean, I, I think like, okay, I have three kids and I can't, I can't pay attention to how they feel each one of them all the time and like help them with every single one of their needs. And that's honestly, that wouldn't help them grow if I did that. So if you think about God who has, I don't know, however many (laughs) bajillion children, I, I think that he's not as involved as, at least specifically our church um, says that he is. Gotcha. So yeah, that's probably a whole like another four hour discussion. Cause I, a lot of that has come from like, like we talked about, I have been married. So I've been married three times. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Listen this far. You already know that. <laughs> and my first two marriages, obviously the one ended with the abuse. He was a return missionary. He was like elders quorum president when we got married. So on paper, he looked like a totally, good little Mormon boy obviously wasn't had some deeper issues yeah deeper issues and then and he still uses like the church kind of as a try to a way to try to manipulate me and make me feel guilty like with the kids baptisms and stuff oh so it's it's one of those things where I'm just like dude um and then the second one was also a return missionary um who (laughs) turned out that he was gay which is fine for you um but not for being married. So we were, we were only married like a month. And then my current husband. That's, that is why marriage scares me. Why? It's just because like, you never really know. Like how long did you know this guy before? Like, well, I'd known his family for like, since I was a teenager. But why did he decide to tell you he was gay after you got married? I don't know. He had lots of, lots, lots, lots of mental health issues. I'm just afraid that I'll like learn, like I hear stories like that after you got married you learn something i'm like i just won't get married and then maybe then i just won't learn it won't learn it well, or i'll just learn it later on and if i do i won't have like this legal obligation or like this legal tie so are you afraid of marriage because of divorce i don't well i'm i'm afraid of divorce okay. yeah the process okay. that makes sense and i'm not afraid of like relationships ending okay I, I, I don't have abandonment <laughs> issues. I have betrayal issues and trust issues, which yeah. I'm working through with my current partner and therapy. But I just want to have a reason. Yeah. And not a reason like, I don't want fear to be the reason why I get married. That's And I think that's healthy. I think that's really good. Um, but you also, I think part of that is also doing self-evaluation of, what level of fear is your own like from your own life circumstances versus like what level your partner would actually give you like because you can get to the point where you actually trust somebody Mm. enough 
to know, like, yes, I have this fear, but I could work through that fear with them. So it's not as scary. Mm, that's a good point. Um, but I, I, I mean, if you don't want to get married, don't get married. I'm not opposed. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference. I'm not, I'm just. But you're not ready. Just not ready. Yeah. I don't, ha- Which I don't is fine. feel like the need to do it. Yeah. That's, and th- I think that's totally fine. Like, I, I've been married three times and I'm actually, I am a big, um, proponent of marriage i believe in marriage which sounds really weird because i've had one person that i was married to that was completely physically emotionally abusive and then one person that i was married to that lied to me and was gay so like well he i should be burned by marriage at this point but i am now married to my best friend in the entire world like i love him more than anything and if i wasn't married to him i'd be a lot more insecure about our relationship (laughs) because i'm just like i think he's interesting he's like oh the mailman's here I thought it was my husband for a minute. I'm like, I can't talk about him. He has a beard. Um, <laughs> it's, just the mail. too. it's just the mail. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I would have a lot more insecurities if we weren't married because in my mind, I'm like, he's so attractive and funny and such a good person that I would feel like he would seek out like leaving me. But I know that's my insecurity. He would never do that. Like I, even if we had not gotten married, like I know he wouldn't do that. So in my insecurity, I'm like, we're making this legal. So so marriage just makes it legal and therefore harder to to unravel. But then that also makes us more committed to what we're doing. Like he's been divorced too. I understand that. Yeah. Like the, I mean, I understand both sides, but that just, I like hearing that better. Like the part where you're like, this is us choosing to be committed to each other. Right. Yeah. And I think. Because we know how hard it would be to unravel it. Yeah. So we're making the decision to not unravel it. Yeah. But isn't there like, there's also on the other side of that, a beauty where Mm -hmm. if, if you don't have that level of commitment or that legal obligation and you're still choosing to be together still. Yeah. And sit with that insecurity, like learning how to sit with it and be okay. Right. Even though, yeah, she or he could just leave easily and they could find somebody else. I don't know. I think there's also a beauty to that. I think there's a beauty to all of it. And I think it's an individual beauty that you have to like figure out on your own. Um, and, and not on your own, but also with the person that you're with, like right. whoever your partner is. I don't full disclosure. I don't think Clark's going to listen to this. <laughs> I might make him. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that he was, um, I think I pushed him into marriage. Hmm. I don't think he was opposed to it. I don't think that he didn't want to marry me. I think that it's just something where he wasn't quite, it's not that he wasn't ready. It's just, he hadn't wrapped his head around it. And so he wasn't like, yes, let's get married. When but we didn't married. you say he proposed to you twice? No, he didn't. I'd already been proposed to twice. Oh. By number one and number two. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. He bought, okay, he didn't gotcha. propose. He bought me a house. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> which we're selling um so the the and it was weird because we talked about it like we i knew that he was and i some people have a hard time with soulmates i believe in soulmates i don't believe that there's one soulmate for you though because i just don't yeah i think i i'm on the same page as you with that i think that certain people are placed in your life at different times because you're like constantly moving and, oh, yeah. and growing yeah some people are some people like my last relationship taught me what I don't want yeah. in a relationship. Well, it's the same thing. Like everyone asks me, they're like, do you, do you regret getting married the first time? And people usually like 
are weirded out when I say no because they're like you got like you were like physically abused like that was not okay and I'm like by me saying I don't regret it is not me acknowledging that it's okay but it's me acknowledging that I made a choice and I had the consequences of that choice whatever as extreme as they should not have become but it's helped kind of define who I am today like I do not get embarrassed by anything I am really open about a lot of things and I really like who I am, which took me, how old am I? Like 30 years yeah. <laughs> to figure that out. And a lot of that couldn't have happened if I hadn't have had that relationship. Exactly. And then also my, my relationship with like, with God and with the church and how I want to raise my kids and my relationship with like my immediate family also I've learned boundaries really well with all of that, which is also really healthy and something that I wouldn't have done if I'd just like not been in that situation when I got married. So if you ask me like, do you regret it? No, I don't regret being married three times. I will joke about it until the chaos come home because I like who I am and those things happened and I can't change them, but they also made me the person that I am today. Which you love. Which I absolutely... I think I'm the best. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that so much. Yeah. Like there's so many things that, I don't know, I, just with the world today, there's people that just hate themselves. Yeah. The world, social media, just here's how to make yourself prettier. Here's how to make yourself thinner. Here's this new product. Here's this new health thing. Here's a new diet. It's whatever. It's a new challenge. And fine. Like those things can be fine. Yeah. I don't have anything against any of that. But when you're just like hating yourself. Right. It's really refreshing to talk to you and hear like how much you love yourself. Thanks. I do love myself. And that, and that the difference between, I think there's a difference between like, okay, I don't like my body. I could, I could be in better shape, but I don't hate myself because I'm not in the shape that I want to be in. Like, so I can, I can acknowledge my flaws and acknowledge that I have ownership of my flaws, but not hate myself for what Mm -hmm. those flaws are. Or hate myself when I fall short. Or hate myself that I drink eight cans of Dyke. I actually like that about myself. <laughs> eight cans of Dyke. Okay, my day. body can handle this. My body can do it. My <laughs> body gets heartburn when I drink water and I'm okay <laughs> But it's uh, taken a lot so for funny. me to get there because, I mean, if you look at my, like, if you were to write my life down in a book, you'd be like, wow, this girl has made a lot of dumb decisions and there's a lot of reasons why she could, like, be ashamed or embarrassed or even like play the victim and i i just i just don't because who i am today like i i even think the job that i have the kids that i have i have ty who's our oldest and he's like i love him he's my child i have clark and all of these things that i have it wouldn't have turned out that way without everything that happened and I love what I have, even if I'm going to be homeless living in a trailer. Like, <laughs> right, which is an accurate, <laughs> which is an accurate assumption, but it means not to currently, an end. but it, yeah. yeah, just a middle ground. Well, I'm curious how you do that, though. How how you maintain that level of energy and the attitude when you've been raised in a I, I don't know defining I mean, culture. Yeah, like a culture, a church, yeah. a religion yeah. that makes it difficult to like. I don't know. You hear like keeping up with the Joneses. You hear. Oh, uh, I get, I get. It's competitive. Oh my God. The church can be really competitive. And if you're not living a, if you, if your life doesn't look a certain way, you're doing something wrong. Right. Or God's going to judge you based off of the thought you have or the whatever, you know, yeah. fill in the blank. Yeah. So I'm curious how you do So that. I think a lot of that is because my, find a, find a, I just made up a word. Find a. Find a. I don't know what it means, but I like it. Um, I, 
I think a lot of it has to do with that through all of this, I felt for a long time abandoned by God because when I grew up, I, uh, I didn't really ever do anything. I mean, my mom might say differently, but I didn't ever do anything bad. Like I didn't ever drink. I didn't ever like do drugs. I didn't, I didn't have sex before marriage. Like I didn't, I followed all the rules. I never did anything bad. And then when I got married and I did the thing you're supposed to do, like you get temple marriage to the elders corn president, my life went to shit like very quickly. And mm-hmm. I, for a long time, and then when I found out like that I was pregnant and a baby that had brain problems and I died so many times and then I married a gay man, I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> when you were spitball like that, like ramble it off, it's like, holy shit, like this is, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, so it keep, got, keep it got very shitty. So I felt for a long time that I had been abandoned by God and I felt angry because of that. Because I, we've grown up in this religion where if you do what you're supposed to, you receive exaltation. You'll be taken care of. You'll, you'll be taken care of. And I'm like, that's not, that is not. Like, hey, God. Yeah. What the hell? Like, like what, where's what my... in the actual hell? I just lived through all of this. I never did anything wrong. I mean, yeah, I made bad choices. So I had conversations with God like that. And again, it, what a lot of people in our, in our, in the church um, say things like, uh, like, well they have like these great conversations with god and i'm like i don't i'm praying and it's completely one-sided i'm praying and i'm like feels hollow it feels completely hollow yeah and so through all of that it actually in this really beautiful way created this testimony and belief in god that he doesn't care as much as everyone gives him credit for like i i talked about Mm -hmm. like he's very hands-off but I think the beauty in that is that we then get to live our own lives and make our own decisions and then also not judge each other. Like a fundamental part of the church is you're going to be judged by God. If you do this, you're going to receive this judgment um, or even judging each other. Like I get judged a lot for being a working mom. The fact that I love working, people are like, oh, you can't come to play date because you you have to work. I'm like, no, I want to work, which is why I can't. Like mm. this whole like shame guilt culture it made me realize, you know what? It doesn't matter because you're not going to be the one judging me. You're not going to tell me how God's going to judge me. God's not going to tell me how he judges me until I get to the end of my life. And it actually made this huge weight lift off my shoulders because then it made me feel like I could live my life without the guilt because <laughs> I make my decision. It's amazing. I own my decision. Whatever decision I make, I make the con- I suffer the consequences of. I chose to marry somebody after only knowing them for two months. The consequence of that was he beat the shit out of me. And I like had all these other things happen. But then once I had that point where I was like, I don't have to live to the standard that you've laid out. I can live to my own standard. I then like, it was so freeing. Like mm, that feels so liberating. It is so liberating. And, and, and that's you not put to it say to, into words really eloquently too, by the way, oh, it's like everything that I feel but I have a difficult time putting that all into words right. the way that you are. Yeah. It's, the way you're laying it out is really, really nice. It feels really good. <laughs> good. And I resonate with it yeah. a lot. And and I think a big part of it too is like, is being okay with it and realizing in order for me to get to this place of belief, I had the foundation of the church. So I want my kids to have the foundation of the church. But I also raise them through it going, okay, let's look at this a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the path of judgment differently. And let's look at the, like, it's just, yeah. Like I have a, I have a family member 
who is like devout member of the church and um, they had sex before marriage and they felt like this insane amount of guilt that they were never going to be appropriately loved, all this kind of stuff. So I sat down with them and had this conversation and like, really it's between you and God and God doesn't care as much as you think, but that's a liberating thing, not a, not a fearful thing. Mm -hmm. And it it actually, just in having that conversation, it again fueled my belief that like, we're human, man. Like, we can make mistakes and you get to choose which mistakes you want to make that you also get to suffer the consequences. And there's not some intermediary that's going to come in there and provide you all the answers or, or fix everything for you. It's just not going to happen that way. Yeah. And then even like with Clark, I love him. He's my favorite. <laughs> We've been together like four years. I, I adore that man. Um, probably to an unhealthy level, but we'll have to get over it. I know that feeling too. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't yeah. know I could love anybody like this. I know. It's so it's so good and healthy. And then it makes you go, what in the hell is I doing? Yeah. Like, but like, <laughs> thank God for those people uh-huh. that you can mm-hmm. recognize. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really know how good the love can be yeah. until you know how bad it can oh, be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which it's sad that sometimes it has to be that way. But I think also part of that is when Human. you're raised in the church, you also don't know. Like, you don't get a lot of exposure to those kinds of levels of relationship. And human, you make mistakes, you learn from them, you grow. Oh, what's yeah, the, it's so weird. Really what a weird algorithm. <laughs> but so with Clark, when we got together, he was, I mean, he has a very similar perspective of the church that I have just because of what's happened to him. He's had 14 surgeries. He had colon cancer when he was a teenager. He doesn't have colon. It's like this genetic form. We're like a wow. we're like a melting pot of problems. You <laughs> just have the most unique and intense life. But I'm also like the happiest person you'll meet, and it's not the drugs talking. So <laughs> thanks for clarifying. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> like I need to get uh, some of those. Yeah, like, what is that called again? Selexa. I'll write down the prescription. <laughs> <laughs> Send me that and the spreadsheet. And I can also tell you whether or not your insurance will cover it, even though I know you don't have health insurance, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I don't have any. Oh, Self employment is. Uh, I can still get it to you. I'm learning. Okay. Well, uh, I'm a good resource. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that I, I know you. <laughs> We've reconnected. I need to ask you some questions. And play VR and come out to our house in the woods. Oh, yeah. And I want to meet Taylor. Dude, VR. That's another topic. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. I saw your eyes go and you're like, oh, wait. Yeah. (laughs) Diversion. I mean, I just just got done listening to the Elon Musk, Joe Rogan episode. Wait, on what? On the Joe Rogan podcast. I haven't listened to that one yet. Is it good? Do you listen to Joe Rogan? I have before. Oh, are you talking about because of his level of profanity yeah i mean which i i'm that assuming you don't me. care that yeah. doesn't bother me at all. I, mean, joe, I love joe rogan his podcast is amazing i haven't listened to it i listen he to conan t- needs a friend a lot that one makes me happy <laughs> i'll check it out you haven't listened to that podcast no. what what is it called conan needs a friend do you know who conan o'brien is yeah okay free pub that's what we're doing right now free pub for Okay. <laughs> he interviews celebrities and it makes me laugh so hard he does a whole mini series yeah conan's Carvey. hilarious he's super witty yeah i love him on twitter Oh, see, I don't tweet, 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 tweet. Yeah, you're off social. <laughs> but yeah, the Elon Musk, I mean, Elon's all about like, you know, Elon Musk. He's just very yes. all about VR and robots yeah. And, yeah. and Mars, AI and all that. But he talks Space, about how, how like video game, like, have you heard his, um, what do you call it? Simulation theory? No, but I'm surprised I haven't because my brother's Mitchell. Yeah, it's true. I never talk. It's so weird. He, he must know. 
tell them to listen simulation to simulation theory yeah so the, the, i mean this is so off topic but this the theory is that we are living in a simulation oh because if you look at video games like back in the 80s or 7 i don't know whatever i don't know the timeline but like pong was the game that we had okay i know what pong is and you know video games we used to play mario party at yeah. ham and day and ham and day and if you assume any level of improvement at all okay. in video games like you look at the video games then versus now how mm-hmm. like amazing they are yeah it will get to a point eventually like in the future eventually that video games will be indistinguishable from reality oh. like virtual reality like, what's there's a movie minority report so have you seen that one uh tom hanks tom cruise cruise no i don't it's think a cute so. or crazy oh, no i have seen that movie is that the one there's one where it's like that similar there's concept. so many movies about that oh my gosh so many yeah, like ready player one and all these things i haven't seen that one yet and it's a book too it's a really good book uh, i don't have time to read but these video games have like in that movie ready player one you get on like a like a treadmill that you can run in any direction mm. and you wear this haptic bodysuit that you like grab a doorknob and it feels like you're grabbing a okay. doorknob to open a door like it's very you can't tell the difference yeah and so if you think about that like what's the possibility that I mean, there's billions and billions of universes out there there's got to be like oh, yeah. other civilizations oh 100 percent. so That's what's to say that that hasn't already happened yeah like from a different civilization from a different time period so you just like program whatever reality you want you just program um free will into yeah. your video game and then all of a sudden you have a reality that they don't know so is does he think that we're in that reality well but that's he what he's saying that, he doesn't that, like, know. statistically okay statistically it's very possible that we are already living in a simulation that we just don't know about because somebody else programmed it and... so what if we're living in god's simulation which yeah. relates back to the fundamental beliefs of the church Right. Because then you could relate that to like, well, why does God let bad things happen? Because he doesn't care. Because it, it's just a simulation. He, simula- he just turned it on, let it go, and just yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you talk to Mitchell about it. He'll probably know. <laughs> oh, Mitchell's going to know all the things. He texts me. He's like, have you heard of blah, 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 blah? And I'm like, no, but I'm going to look it up. We're both nerds, but in different ways. I it's pretty that. It's pretty fascinating. Like when you, I don't know, taking a step away from the church and like thinking outside of that box mm-hmm. for me was really liberating. Yeah. And to talk to you about your view on all of it is pretty liberating and so like just it just like tickles your brain to think yeah. about like simulation theory it's and so crazy you know stone well, age theory and all that it's because we're all t- like if you think about it like everybody including the like bearded mailman and the person that drove by the ugly lexus like what what are we all doing we're just trying to make it man and yeah. we don't even know why like if we talk about it like everyone's like i want to live the best life i can before i die well why well, because I don't know what's after death. Even the people that do live the same way. And so. And everybody has their different version. Exactly. Every religion, every yeah. faith. Like yeah. The Muslims have a completely different reason why, they, why yep. they're trying to. Even though it really mirrors the church. I, I think one thing that my parents did really well growing up for me was we were exposed to a lot of different cultures. Like we traveled a lot and they mm. tried to immerse us in that. And I had a lot of friends, I think growing up in Ashland, kind of helped with this too, with very different beliefs than what we did. So I'm not afraid of like other people believe differently and i don't think that they're bad or wrong for doing that it's actually really intriguing like yeah. it just it blows my mind i'm also really into cults lately like way you should talk to taylor my girlfriend does she like cults well no she she I hates mean, cults but she was in one. Oh no i need to talk to her what yeah. cult was she in did we talk uh, about it i i'm not sure how 
much she wants me to talk about oh, publicly, okay. but it was a cult in Colorado. Some like crazy. I probably know it. I know like yeah. 250 different cults. I listen to cult podcasts. I watch <laughs> cult videos. I like. Yeah, I, she's told I'm me obsessed. some stories about it. It is crazy. Oh my gosh. You really have to come over now because I want to talk to her really bad. Yeah. Okay. We will. I'm in a cult. Just so you know, the church is definitely a cult. <laughs> I just read a book uh, called Outgrowing God. Uh-huh. It's a really good book. It's by an atheist author, he, he, Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins. You're going to have to text me that because I won't read it. Yeah, he's he's a good author. I don't necessarily agree with his, like, intense aggressiveness of, like, he's very anti-religion. And he's very aggressive in his beliefs. Which, that's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. And I was curious. Like, I live so extreme one way in the religious way. And then I wanted to just experience or just look into the ex- extreme on the other side. Mm-hmm. Like, anti-religion. And then I'm somewhere in the middle. But he, uh, I forget what I was going to say about it, but he talks about how the church, the Mormon church is like just barely not a cult. No, barely, like barely, <laughs> like there's like four key features. And I think the only part that isn't is that there's like a central person getting monetary or like sexual gain. It's like the only thing. Yeah. That, which there is not. There's not. It's not. <laughs> You can't see my eyebrows. It's not a fundamental <laughs> yeah. part of like the structure. In your air quote fingers. Yeah, air it, there's, quotes, not. there's not. Because it's not, it's not built into like the whole belief system. But I used to you... work at church headquarters. You did? In Salt Lake City. What did yeah. you do? Firefighter? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, after I, after I uh, left Provo from working at the alarm company, moved up to Salt Lake, got a job at the church office building, like at church headquarters. That's so cool. In Temple Square. What did you do? I, did, I was doing that mach- uh, vending machine oh, job. And did I, you have to wear a suit? No. I feel like everybody that works at church headquarters, if you're the vending machine guy, you have to wear yeah. a <laughs> I mean, at first I was a custodian just like cleaning di- the, mm. the buildings. Did the church pay well? No. Okay. Well, like kind of well. Hmm. Be- like above average at the time. But I have a theory. You should talk to Clark about church theories and money and oh my god. I mean, gosh. my theory, because you have to pay tithing 10%. Yeah, yeah. And so, the, I mean, you have to have a temple recommend to work for the church really? at headquarters. Interesting. And so if you're getting paid well, 10% just going right back into the church. Mm-hmm. So they're able to pay well because they just get 10% of it back. Yeah, which tithing. they have to because if you have a fundamental part of having a temporary recommend is paying tithing. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> so culty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so I, I was down there, like the tunnels, you know, you hear about the tunnels mm-hmm. on Devil's Square. I worked there. I, I know that they're Gosh. there. I would like walk through them and see them. And so the, and I'm not trying to like talk shit about no, like the prophets good. in the church, but I would see them all the time. Yeah. And it was President Monson at the time. And he has his own personal security who drive him on his little golden golf cart. <laughs> Is it really gold? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but they have like a bunch. Like he's not always on that one, but you know, they take him around and then he has his personal chauffeur. He never yeah. has to really lift a finger. And he is chauffeured from his apartment that's just off of Temple Square. Do they like go down into the top? Yeah, there's like an elevator that they okay. take him. He goes in his elevator and his apartment is like bulletproof. It's got like bulletproof oh, yeah. glass yeah. and they just move the prophet to that apartment. Every at, time. Yeah. Whenever when the, the new one died. One. Yeah. When the previous one dies they bring the new one there and they're not like getting paid no you know but no. they're you but know they're, his own personal security he's got like a private jet and they don't have to pay for anything because no. the church covers like their food there yeah there's again it's 
but that's not like the reason why it left. Like, oh. I, and I'm fine with all that. <laughs> I mean, if you were like, sit down in the country, you'd be like, the reason why I left is because the prophet drives a golden golf cart. I'd be like, meh, to each his own. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just want to be clear. Like, this is just like facts, yeah. things no. that I know. Yeah. And it's totally great. Like, I wish I could oh, yeah. be that. I'm not, I, have, I don't want to be. I don't have anything against that. Yeah. yeah. And the church does have an unpaid uh, ministry, which is great. Yeah. Well, I think it's great, but also my experience sometimes i wish that they were paid because then i feel like maybe the credentialing would be there because i've had a lot of but then the corruption is there there's already corruption anyways yeah but like not to the level i think that if they were getting paid well like it it introduces a whole new layer of potential i understand that perspective and i can see where that would be beneficial or not beneficial in certain circumstances but for me i've had bishops tell me what were you doing to make your husband beat you Mm. uh with my kids getting baptized they there have been a lot of bishops that have been like you guys just work it out and i'm like well we have like this physical abuse i used to have restraining orders against him past so i need a little bit of i can see your perspective then yeah if okay if you're paid like where's your credentialing exactly you don't have any exactly you're just education to tell me anything yeah yeah i hear exactly so and i think maybe the happy medium to that would be they don't intervene as much as they do now but i don't think that's ever going to change like why, why do we make boys go in and tell their bishops that they're masturbating when it's just some dude that's an accountant down at the local bank? Like, <laughs> why? why do we do that? First of all, he's it's not so he's not programmed to handle that. And that kid's going to have trauma because... And he probably masturbates too. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, maybe we should just come up with a different... Why don't we just get like a whole different sector where like, if you need to go repent for your sins, which is part of our belief, you do it with qualified people that don't give you guilt and yeah and find out okay well why do you do that because it feels good all right well let's let's explore that a little yeah the bit. guilt shame culture Ugh, yeah. i can't i can't handle riley it riley actually turned me on to this book uh by Brene brown oh i've heard that name yeah she's a pretty good author she has a podcast too but she wrote this book called daring greatly and mm-hmm. it really helped to just tear down my like guilt and shame that i was feeling for Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I used to, I, I think until I met, well, okay, so the timeline was really weird. My gay ex and I were only married for a month, but our divorce took a while, and I started dating Clark. My parents had a really hard time with this. I started dating him, that was in like June or July, and I started dating him in December. Was there so, overlap? Uh, what did they have a hard time with? Okay. So... They don't think that I make good decisions in men. I wonder why. <laughs> Married an abusive guy and then a gay guy. You're probably right. <laughs> yeah, but this new guy seems cool. Oh, no, he's the best. They love him now. The problem was is they thought that I was, which I think you might have experienced a little bit of this. They thought that I was running too quickly from one ex to the next because I couldn't handle being alone. Oh, yep. I've experienced that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I experienced that judgment in myself too. Yeah. Like I wanted to look at myself oh, like, oh, 100%. do I just need to be? Yeah. Like, why can't I be fine by myself? Why can't yeah. I be okay alone? And then, I mean, who cares? Like, You can also whatever. still be alone when you're married. Or even if you don't, I hate being alone. And that's okay. Like, I'm totally fine that I don't like being alone. I need other people to be happy. And I am 100% okay with that. <laughs> like, I, I don't have a problem with, like, my independence is by being with other people. And I feel lit up by being with other people so that well, you seem very good. extroverted and that makes sense yeah and kaylin by the way saying that she wasn't extroverted last week or two weeks ago on your podcast <laughs> yeah what was up with that i don't know it's like wait a second i had a full commentary for that podcast by the way <laughs> so i was texting kaylin commentary um but so 
they they just felt like I was running into something too fast and they had known Clark and liked Clark because I was best <laughs> I was best friends with his little brother when we were in high school Morgan mm. um and they liked Morgan and they knew Clark and I knew Clark when he was married to his ex and I actually held Ty their son when he was like three days old so mm. I've known I've known Clark for a really long time that's cool. That's, um, he that's came good. to both of my weddings. He was actually in attendance on all three. What? All three of my weddings. He was no. a, a dead serious. Just in the back of my head. She's going to be mine one day. <laughs> no, he was like, oh, there's a whole lot going on here. So glad she's taken by somebody else. Um, but he probably was thinking that because he, I think he thinks I'm cute. Yeah, that's crazy. He was at that's all so three crazy. of my weddings. All three of them. Gosh, you're, you're I was barely at all. so cool. So unique. It's and so exciting. I, this is all within the last like 12 years, by the way. Like yeah. not like I've lived this real long life. Um, it's also why I'm ready to retire. But so he, uh, we, when we got together, my parents used to hang out with him and used to have him over with Ty and blah, blah, blah. But um, they, my dad, like when he first found out came over and my dad's not confrontational. My mom's more of like the yelly confrontational oh, one. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Your eyebrows, but my dad. <laughs> I haven't seen her in so long. You should just go drive by sometime. I didn't even know that they lived in. Is it Medford? They live, no Central Point. Point. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know they lived there. For now, until they go on the boat. <laughs> so They're going cool. on the boat. I think my dad's retiring officially April of next year. Oh man! Well, Mark and Stacy, if you're listening to this, I would love to interview you about that. Dad, about I'm, your... Dad, I'm also sorry for swearing. <laughs> I don't think he's ever heard me swear. He probably doesn't care. No, he does. Really? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Dad. Well, Stacy is like constantly. I know. <laughs> it's this really weird dynamic. They're I would always unique. ask my parents when I was a little kid, because, you know, in the Mormon church, you don't swear. Yeah. But Stacy always was swearing yes. all the time. Yeah. Like, like openly. Yeah. What the hell? And I would always ask my parents, like, Mom, why does, like, is that okay? Like, Stacy swears? Like, well, Sister Skillman is what Sister I called her. Sister Skillman. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, she just, everybody has their thing. <laughs> everybody, they wouldn't. <laughs> Did you know that my mom had the biggest crush on your dad? Yeah, I knew that they dated. Or, or I don't know on, if they dated. On, they went on a few dates. They did, but my mom was like in love with your dad. I didn't know that. And I, used I never to tell, heard her side. I used to tell Caitlin that she's kind of my half-sister because of that. <laughs> because our parents went on a couple of dates. <laughs> and because my mom was like head over heels. Well, we've known each other. Like I've known you my whole life. Yeah, whole life. And I haven't seen you in like, it's so sad. Yeah, man. I know. And I'm, back I'm in, here. Man. I know. I'm here too. Well, I'm moving to Grants Pass. Yeah. But. I just have like yeah i don't you know just, i mean i I, really I feel crazy. like i can't really say like my life's been crazy lately because you're like <laughs> <laughs> okay but insane. Here, here's the deal my life is like in a completely different circle and yeah. just because my life has been crazier than your life if we look at it on paper it doesn't mean that i can't appreciate that your life has also been crazy well thanks it's just crazy in a different way and you know we take it differently yeah and i honestly didn't know you lived in medford <laughs> what where do you think i lived i don't know <laughs> I just didn't know. Hey, I've been like texting you about being on your podcast. Well, for, okay. Okay. And there was then. that one time that I paid you a deposit to take pictures, but then I canceled on you when I lived here. Oh, yeah. We oh. need to do that. That's okay. <laughs> I forgot about that too. I forgot about that until just now because I was like trying to think of, wait, there's been interactions where. That's true. Wow. I, mean, I guess I just never put it together. I didn't either, but my life's a little bit busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, Man, okay. That's wild. So yeah. Back to my parents. They're great. So great. So great. <laughs> and they just had a problem with you wanting to go from one relationship. Yeah. To so the my next. dad came over and yelled and and I think a big part of his issue was he didn't think that Clark could 
he thought that I needed to be taken care of because I had been taking care of so many other people. And so he didn't think that Clark could like financially take care of me or like do any of that um, just because he didn't know that aspect. So I actually didn't talk to my parents for like a year. I didn't let them see the kids. Really? Yeah. Um, because it was really abrasive. Like my dad came over and screamed and yelled. And then I got a text from my mom and there was no apology. And hmm. so I texted my mom and I'm like, mom, I don't need this. I need to figure out, like, I've had a lot go on and I, I don't think that you and I have ever learned boundaries, um, because it's just never happened. And I'm the oldest. So yeah, like you kind of have to figure out, like pave the path. So I told her, I'm like, I don't, I don't want you or dad around for a while because I need to figure out my own thing and the way that you handled that I am not okay with so I need a break so we didn't talk to him the this is terrible the first time that we talked to them was the night before our wedding we went over and took them a wedding invitation oh like the the moment when you broke the ice broke the year-long silence yeah oh wow was the night before our wedding how did they take that I don't really know because I think that they were I think at that point they'd like been they felt like they needed to they were like tiptoeing for so long that they were excited to even see us. I mean, that's a nice thing to like break the ice with, you know. Yeah. Like Yeah. And they came they came to the wedding, which was awkward, but good. I mean, I'm glad that they were there. We got married in our backyard. I'm leaving my Here at little, this house? Yeah, at this house oh, in the backyard cool. under the tree. And um then after that we talked and they love Clark. Like they now tell me that if I get divorced again, they're keeping Clark. And I'm like, that's totally valid. I keep him too. <laughs> also, if I get divorced a third time, we got problems to check me into a facility. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. But well, he's, I mean, he's the first the time like so much has come out about my life on the podcast too. Like mm-hmm. exposed me. I'm and I love it. First time my parents ever heard me swear was on the podcast and <laughs> Well good. Uh, Did they find out about you drinking on a podcast? Mm. I mean, I smoked weed before I drank. <gasps> you did? How was that? I'm always curious. I've never done that. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with weed. I mean, I use it regularly. Oh, really? Does yeah. it help with your anxiety? I feel it does. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Like I was having a lot of anxiety the other day. <laughs> it also help, it makes my memory a little worse. <laughs> I was just going to say, how does it affect Yeah, I just forget what I'm having anxiety about. Yeah. That, there's probably some truth to that. Do you actually smoke it or do you like do the edibles? I've tried both. I prefer smoking it. Because mm. eating it, it, it takes like an hour or two to kick in. And then you're like, I don't even know if I'm going to be high enough. <laughs> you're like, I got to plan out my whole day. I need it's also a different sensation. Like the high is different when you eat it. Like it's it's a completely different drug. It's processed by your liver. And so. I learned so many new things. Yeah. Like when you smoke it, it's just in your lungs and then in your head. And then in your head. Yeah. Instead with, of your liver. Yeah. It's going to be processed. It takes a long time. And Weird. by the time it reaches your system, like you're. you're by the time it becomes psychoactive, it's a completely different drug. So it just feels different. Does it ever make you... Well, yeah. So does it ever make you more anxious? Because I've heard yeah. that can happen. It, yeah. So, well, ooh. it can just like exacerbate any kind of par- paranoia that you have. Yeah. So, so like I'm deathly afraid of aliens. Are you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's because I know they're real. <laughs> but so that would be my, my fear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if I were to ever get can, you just like get into a th- it's different for everyone okay but when i when i get a little high i'll start thinking about like an alien or something or some kind of a thought and you just like grab a hole deep into it and that can you know if it's <laughs> about something that's makes you paranoid it can just take it way worse yeah but if you're feeling anxiety about something 
that's going to happen or an event that's right maybe coming up yeah it can really calm those types mm, of nerves interesting i have um a whole slurry of health issues like i have <laughs> i'm allergic to beef i have psoriatic arthritis and psoriasis and type 1 diabetes and i have fibromyalgia which is like whoa a nerve thing yeah um Jeez. yeah i'm like 75 inside this 29 almost 30 year old body um <laughs> And I, I get a lot of, I take a lot of medications for all of it, obviously, or else I'd be dead for the diabetes part. But I recently had my doctor recommend. I know, I there's like an insulin bottle just like sitting there. <laughs> At least there's no needles. I put right by my water. <laughs> just an insulin bottle. <laughs> just a little Sorry, bottle I didn't mean to interrupt That you. thing right there is worth uh, about $1,000. Well, mm. it's half full, so 500 Don't sell it on the black market. Yeah, though. that's a big one. That's like what we carried on the ambulance. Oh, <gasps> you worked on an ambulance? I know nothing about your life. And I listened to your podcast. Gosh, yeah it's okay failure. um anyways i had a, a doctor tell me because my fibromyalgia gets really really bad mm -hmm. um and they said that i actually have a prescription for edibles but i am i am paranoid with like all of those things with how it affects my diabetes oh yeah so i'm like too afraid to even for sure venture down that road i mean one thing that i haven't talked about on the podcast is my exploration with psychedelics oh my gosh like what like just psilocybin mushrooms how'd that go incredible <laughs> really yeah okay wait is it like i imagine that it's like um you know winnie the pooh when they have like the little marching elephants or whatever that are dumbo. all the neon colors and oh, oh talking dumbo. dumbo i'm yeah. talking about dumbo that's what i imagine that it'd be like that's extreme no you're pretty it's pretty close <laughs> gosh when i watch that movie after having tried well i haven't like watched that movie but when i think about it i'm like yeah really these people were probably just on psychedelics on psychedelics yeah does it like okay i have so many questions so do you like sit in a controlled space so that you don't it, like yeah, i mean sometimes well i don't know it, it's been different every single time that's so cool yeah psychedelics okay i was actually thinking with your diet coke oh psychedelics actually Oh, it's gone. Uh, number, time for number four. Four already. Wow. What is it? What time is it? And I woke up at nine thirty. So nice. I had three before we got here. Wow. Oh, not two. And then gotta get all the jazzed three. up. Psychedelics, diet coke. Yeah, I mean that's what I psychedelics really help with addiction. That's what they can be medically used for. Interesting. Yeah. Well, how? I need to research that. I'm not going to do psychedelics because again, paranoid because yeah. of diabetes. But that I want to know what goes on in your brain to make you. Would you just replace it? Can can psychedelics be addictive? No, they're anti-addictive. They're anti-addictive. That's why they help with addiction. Interesting. But like uh, they therapists will use them in therapeutic situations with patients that are struggling with PTSD, with tra like physical trauma, like if they've been traumatic, like with your experience with your ex-husband. Yeah. And with uh, depression, they really help. And with substance abuse, people that smoke cigarettes a lot of times just don't want to smoke after they have a psychedelic experience. Wasn't there a recent law passed in Oregon? Yeah, they're legal here now. They're legal. Okay, that makes so much more sense. Because I remember watching the whole thing and I'm like, oh my gosh, Oregon, we're going to make shrooms legal. Like what? <laughs> I voted. For, I put yes on that. Thing. I was like, yes. This I is... voted no, but just because I only vote... The only time I vote yes is if I am very passionate about something and then also I know enough to, to defend yeah. why. And that I makes sense. Yes. That totally makes sense. I so. probably would have voted no 
a year and a year and a half ago. <laughs> You're like, but now, but I now, get it. like living I in totally Oregon, understand. and I, you know, I just like moved to Oregon. And I'm, I'm a shroomer. <laughs> I'm a shroomer. Weed, yeah. beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. All those things. I, I didn't even think about pretty it. deep, but I, but I also think that's part of like your self exploration. But I'm also 31, so old, and I have like a a healthy relationship with myself and my mental health, and so I didn't just like. I'm just going to like drink and like do drugs and just get into it. All these things. Like I really played it safe. That's good. I always had a reason why I was going to try a substance. And there are certain substances that I've had opportunities to try and have not because I just don't have a reason. So question, do you, is the reason ever because I've never done it before? No. Oh, it's never been. I mean, it's always been the case. Yeah. But it's never like, oh, I'm going to try that. I mean, sometimes it has... You know, I'll admit that some of the times have been just out of curiosity, mm. but so it's the, not just that. Was the first thing you did was smoke weed before yeah. you? So, with Brayden. <laughs> with Brayden. Yeah. <laughs> smoke so, weed so. with Brayden. Oh man, I haven't seen Brayden a long time either. So, and was that a curiosity thing? That was, so I have ADD. Okay. And I was struggling with just focus, mental clarity. Right. And I had heard... You know, you hear about Adderall, you hear about the yeah. other medication Ooh. and then, yeah, it's which true. I've never tried. Yeah. Don't but do weed, Adderall. I, there was just like research floating around about how that it can help with uh, your focus. Mm-hmm. I had heard that somewhere, read that somewhere. Um, some people get like more creative and I'm a creative person. I like to be, you know. You're creative? I'm super creative. I like to <laughs> just be, you kidding, know, my, know, with my photography, whatever. I'm a so, am, am girl. It's like a fangirl for Ammon. <laughs> I just made up a word. I'll have to sit with that term and <laughs> come back to you. It sounds a little weird. <laughs> um, so you wanted I, to feed the creativity. Yeah, I wanted to feed the creativity, see if I could uh, just focus longer because I'm always in my head and just like I have a yeah. hard time listening and I thought maybe it could help me focus, like be more present and it does not. Oh, well, but now you explored that. <laughs> yeah. But does it help with your, like, do you have anxiety? No, not really. Oh, well, I mean, good. sometimes I get anxious. Yeah. But I don't like struggle with anxiety. Where you like want to hide in your bed and never come out again yeah. and everything is scary. And right. you think you're going to get fired every day of your life? Yeah. I don't. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. I've got, I've gotten better. Shout out again to Selexa. <laughs> <laughs> but now I just use it if I need to like sleep. Like it helps mm, with Okay. I've heard sleep. That people do that. I don't sleep very good anymore. I don't know why. Yeah, it just makes me really in my head a lot and thoughts are just like really, really... So that reminds me, weird question. There was this thing circulating on Facebook a couple years ago about how people think. Like, okay, so when you think, do you talk to yourself in your head? Oh, I think I've, I've seen that on Facebook. Uh, Yeah. Like what? Okay. So like, the mo- have you seen the movie What Women Want? Yeah. You know how you can see in their heads and they're talking to themselves? Mm-hmm. Is that how you think? Maybe like where not you quite talk like to that. In your head? It's not like a. It's hard, it's really hard to explain. But you have like an inner yeah. There's inner an inner voice. voice for sure. Okay, so I freaked Kaylin out because I do not have one. I do not have a voice inside my head. Like, I can tell by how fast you think. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because sometimes I talk really fast. It's I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing either, but it's something it's that I would different. like. Uh, well. Yes, and it has its benefits, but it also has its drawbacks <laughs> because sometimes I don't have, it comes across as me not having a filter, but the good thing is, is I'm not inherently mean. At least I don't think I'm inherently mean. I wouldn't say you're mean. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> um, so 
yeah, I freaked Kaylin out because I texted her that article a couple of years ago and she's like, I totally do that. And I'm like, I thought that was a made up Hollywood movie thing. Like what women want, like the concept of you talking. I thought that Hollywood made that up because I don't think that yeah, way. I think you might be unique in that. Most people well, I think have that. Here's the weird thing is I did a poll of my entire family and my parents have that. Connor and Chloe have that. Mitchell and I do not. Hmm. Mitchell also thinks the same way. And it's hard to explain. It's kind of like... It's hard to explain to somebody that doesn't think this way. Like, I can't comprehend how you think. It's kind of this where it's more of ideas, but there's no visualization and there's no sound associated with it. Hmm. It's really weird. Gosh, that'd be so much better. You think it would be. But then it it makes thinking, like, decision-making, sometimes it makes it hard. Why? Because I can't talk, I don't have anybody to talk through decisions with. Like, like, cause you know how you're like, if you're making a decision about like what you want to do, I think my perception is, is that most people go in their head. They're like, well, I could do this, but if I do that, it'll do this. When you don't, when you don't think that way, all it is, is this is a decision and this is a decision. And then figuring it out is like, gives me a headache. Oh, but I think very linearly, linear, linearly. I think that's a word. Yeah, I think so. I think very linearly. I don't know. (laughs) Again, now I get it. Like yeah, I just, yes. my brain is very linear yeah. when I think about certain things. It's very like I can think through a problem from start to finish, and I can do it slow. Yeah, you know, think through. I don't. I don't think slow, which people think is. Um, uh, I mean, people think whatever they think. I I think it makes me. It makes sense with like my job and like what I do because it's. Yeah. It, it makes perfect sense because I don't have to. Right. I don't have to stop and go okay i'm gonna look at the whole picture and blah 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 but then that also might be why i made poor marriage choices hmm. who knows i guess there's pros and cons to each way yeah. i mean there's certain things about your way that i am jealous of yeah and there's certain things about your way that i'm jealous of yeah my way feels sluggish like kind of slow and the way that one con about my way is <laughs> please don't take this wrong way women <laughs> just some women mm-hmm. speak in like a ball of yarn type of way. Yeah. And men think in like a car- compartmentalized type of way. Like that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to, when I tell you something, I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. Here's the box on the shelf. Have Here you it is. seen the guy with the boxes? Yeah. Okay. I know exactly and then what you're talking the about. Women, and it's not just women, you know, it can no. be some men, but just like a ball of yarn. It's like, there is no, you just kind of have to jump on board mm-hmm. and just kind of follow hold it on. and then yeah. realize where we've come from and where we're going and, and it's a ride. lot when you it's hard for me that way it's hard yeah. for me to follow because i think in words and sluggish and so I'm like whoa wait where how do we get here so like tell me where what we're talking about before you just jump on is talking to me difficult then okay. no interesting because i do the same thing like i mean our conversation has shifted 20 different directions in the last i mean you're much long. better like when we get off track you're really good at like bringing it back and oh, like, taking okay. it because <laughs> i would be like wait what were you talking about before <laughs> That would be hard for VR, me. VR, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's and I think that's because I I my mind is thinks the way that it does where I can jump off but I'm not mewling over whatever we're jumping off so I can kind of come back to where we are, which I really like. I don't know. Because it's weird. So, some people like will get an offshoot like I do and then forget where they were. Yeah. And you seem like you're pretty good at like remembering Pulling where. Pulling it back in. Yeah, like okay, right back on track. <laughs> Here we go. My husband might say that that might be something that's annoying about yeah but i also don't know what it's like to be in relationship with you and sometimes it takes more than just like a sit down conversation yeah because sometimes it'll just be like well you know taylor and i will be sitting down doing something else 
and has been quiet for a while and I'm thinking about my work or the show that I'm watching and then she'll start speaking and about something that she's been thinking about but without providing me context to yeah. what she's talking about. So then about. it's hard for you to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that's unique with Clark and I is Clark doesn't think the way that I think, but we we're really good compliments to each other. I mean, he really honestly and truly is my best friend, which makes it easier for us to talk about difficult things because sometimes we can sit down and have a conversation where it's more of like a best friend conversation than like a husband wife conversation, which sometimes those are valuable. But the thing that's hard for him is he has this really don't get mad at me. He has this really unique gift for reading, not reading people's minds, not like psychedelic, but he can tell through like people's little idiosyncrasies and body language and everything, what they're thinking. So he can adapt to their feelings Hmm. with me. He can't do that because I don't have normal body language because I don't think normally. So that has been one thing that's been really difficult not difficult, but one thing that we've both had to kind of work through with our relationship, because in his previous relationships, he was used to going, this person's mad at me and I can tell based off of this, um, like what they're not saying mm-hmm. with me. He can't because it's like, he's like, you're like a statue. I'm not, huh. not really, but interesting. just because my brain isn't thinking through things. So I'm not doing those little movements. So it's been more of a struggle because he's had to get used to like pulling out of me emotions that he's not used to he's not ever had to like really ask how people felt before because he could just kind of see it. Yeah. See it. And I've had to get used to, it's not, it's not that I have a guard up. It's that I've had to get used to adapting. Like when I'm feeling something kind of giving that background and explaining it a little bit more Mm. so that we can be productive and it doesn't always work. Yeah, (laughs) but (laughs) he's legally bound. So what do you (laughs) do? (laughs) Gotta, gotta, just gotta stick around and try. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard sometimes. Like, uh, just, yeah, this morning I was doing dishes and a couple of days ago Taylor, Taylor was telling me about this dude that she met at Vita, that new bakery downtown mm-hmm. Ashland, yeah. and she gave him her business card. Okay. And that was all she told me. I was like, cool, great. Networking. Good job. And then I was doing dishes this morning, a couple of days later, and she's like, oh, the guy that I gave my card to just emailed me. I'm like, all right. A lot of guys, a lot of cards. Like, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, like, what, can you? So, like, what card? Like, credit card? Like, yeah, what guy? Yeah. It's like, no, the guy that I told you about at Vita, who I gave my oh, like, oh, business card. Like, you gotta just tell <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> give me the extra context. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she just kind of assumes that I'm going to be able to follow that ball of yarn, and I just, just can't. No, but that's okay. At least you can acknowledge that you can't, and then hopefully, like, the hard sh- part though is that we forget. Like, she forgets. Oh yeah. That I yeah. And I always have to tell, like, it's just, we're, we're different. Just yeah. like you and Clark are just different. Do you know what fixes that? Please tell me. Not getting married. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I think, I think the big thing is just, first of all, acknowledging that both of you know that, that about each other and that, and then being patient, obviously. Yeah. Because it can get annoying having to like, from a woman's perspective, having to re-explain like it, it like yeah. we're fully aware that you can't follow the ball of yarn but that doesn't mean that we don't wish that you could and then get frustrated when you don't yeah for sure i mean i totally get it and it's not like i it's not like my way is right no or better no no uh, i would love if i could just be on that ball Kid, of yarn yeah It'd be great but you know i can't and i'm trying to so the, i think the best way to do it is just communicate yeah like hey just what what are you talking about yeah communication's big yeah and then 
Yeah. And, and communication even. That's a whole nother thing that's just weird. But gosh, I would love to have it. It feels like a superpower to yeah. me. It's like mind reading. Just like, oh, she's talking about if I can just think back into the <laughs> log of conversations we've had. Oh, yeah. The guy that she gave a card to just pull that memory into mm-hmm. the present moment and then jump on track and not have to ask for context. See, but you think you'd like that. But then you would also remember things that you wish you didn't remember. And then mm-hmm. it'd make you not Dude, happy. Dude, if I remembered everything, my brain would just be just a mess. Like it's, yeah. I love being able to just forget. I have a hard time forgetting things. Like I, part of my anxiety is that I remember every detail of every little thing. Mm. Every detail. Yikes. Yeah. And so that's why, like when I was telling you the story about um, number one today, husband number one, when I couldn't remember details, I don't know if you saw I was smirking. I'm like, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> like I can't remember <laughs> details. That means I've let go of it quite a bit more. That's cool. Yeah. And and I think remembering things, at least in my job, because it's very analytical, it's really good that I can remember things because if my boss is like, oh, we did this configuration three months ago. And do you remember the intent of that? I can be like, yeah, like this is why. But then other times, like when it comes to anxiety, I'm like, I hate it. Like yeah. I hate it. That makes sense. I mean, for your job, it sounds great. I, It would be great for my job too, but I have to have a method. I have to put everything in the calendar. Yeah, but then that makes you also... You, I mean, as long as you know that about yourself, then that's fine because you can adapt. Yeah, that's, a, that's that the key. Way. Like just awareness. Yeah. It's not right or wrong or better or worse. It just is. Yeah. And you have... You learn ways. And I also think another important part of awareness is realizing it's okay to not be fully aware of yourself. Oh, interesting. Um, because like, uh, I, I think part of loving myself is acknowledging that like, I'm not fully, fully always aware of myself or how I feel or whatever. And I used to feel guilty about that. I used to be like, Oh, I like, I can't tell when I'm hangry or, or whatever. I used to Mm. feel really guilty about that. But then I realized that's just kind of part of who I am. And the fact that I'm aware that I don't have to be aware. Yeah. That's gosh, that's a really great concept to be aware of. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. Awareness uh, of your non-awareness. Yeah. That's really unique. Not unique, but it's, it's cool. Yeah. I think I've, you know, that feeling where you start feeling sad about something Mm -hmm. and then you feel bad that you're sad. Mm -hmm. And it's like the cycle of just deep, yeah. sadness and i think that that is maybe the could fix that yeah like being aware that you're not always going to be aware and you don't always have to be okay mm-hmm. 100%. i don't know if that makes any sense no, at all. <laughs> i'm following i okay. don't know if the people on the other end are following because i i've i've experienced that before where you're like like you're talking about like this feeling of sadness but it's it seems like arbitrary like it's not like there's not a specific thing that's making you sad is that what you're talking about yeah, or, well, no, even if there is a specific thing, like, mm-hmm. oh, I feel sad about this thing again, and oh, then you start feeling yeah. bad about that, yeah. and it's a cycle, mm-hmm. but if you can just be aware that it's you're okay not always to... going to be aware of why you're sad yeah. or how to fix it, yep. you can just be sad, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, there's something to learn from that emotion, yeah. or angry, or happiness, whatever, and we don't have to, like, grasp at those things or push them away. Or try to fix them, or try to, like, yeah. divulge into it, because sometimes, sometimes it's healthy to just say it is what it is and we're we're i'm not going to do it make any concentrated effort one way or another because i'm okay that it is what it is yeah my issue sometimes is i'm okay with being sad yeah. i don't mind it I listen to sad music like give me deep when and i'm yeah, sad you know yeah. but like if i when i get happy i i grasp at that and yeah. when i can sense that it's going away like 
a really good vacation, for example, mm-hmm. at the end of it, I start to get sad. Oh, yeah. And to reach for the, because it's ending. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying. That's my one of my goals for 2021 is just to be okay with elusiveness yeah. and happiness going away and that being okay. Yeah. Not grasping at that and not pushing sadness away if I get there, but to just let the feelings come and. And then okay also, also being okay that you're letting yourself be okay with it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> because then there, there's the a whole other level of guilt too that can happen when you're like, well, like, so you've made like a concentrated addition, like concentrated effort to allow that feeling to fade and another one to come but you can also feel guilty that you're allowing yourself to do that and it's kind of like bro forgive yourself like just yeah. it's just fine it's, it's weird it's fine i don't know where that comes from just the human condition i guess but. i don't yeah i have no idea your brain's weird hormones man yeah it's cool that you're able to be so aware of all those things some people just have it naturally i've had to work so hard to be aware of like these emotions and what they mean and how to be okay with being okay with them. And mm-hmm. meditation has been, and psychedelics have been the things the that, thing that do it for you. Yeah, have been really helping me to. I'd love to say that I've always been good at it. I haven't. Uh, I, it's, it's because I found so much relief in feeling this way. Cause I used to be constantly stressed and like, I mean, I still get stressed out. Don't get me wrong. I'm moving, teaching kids from home working from home living in a trap trailer like there's there's stresses I'm not denying the stresses in my life but what I am doing is just like being more okay and letting go a little bit and finding so much peace in that if that's, yeah if you, that was kind of hard to follow no I follow I love it <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah just finding that's the that's the goal finding more peace yeah like instead of being feeling anxiety guilt and shame finding ways to just be okay with where you're at like yeah. i drink eight diet cokes a day and that's fine like i'm okay with that yeah i know it's a problem but it it part it's part of how i cope with things and so i'm okay with that like it's my weakness and it's fine and if if anybody comes up to you and says i don't have any weaknesses and then you just punch them in the face they'll probably punch you back and look you have anger problems <laughs> <laughs> just kidding that's a good way it feels manipulative but it is maybe very it's manipulative maybe it's don't do that i don't recommend that yeah but, but my lesson. thing is, is like, even if you do have anxiety, even if you do have guilt, even if you do have all these negative things, you're not perfect. You don't need to not feel that way. You, if anything, just give yourself a break. You can feel anxious. You can feel guilty. You can feel mm. what all, whatever those things are. And don't be your own worst enemy by beating yourself up for feeling that way. Feel that, address it. And then if you need to keep feeling that way, that's fine. But just give yourself a break. If you want to change, great. Yeah. If you don't, keep drinking eight cans of Diet Coke a day, man. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> and like stop putting judgment on other people if they 100%. do that shit. 100%. 100%. I hate judgment so much. I hate it. That it's and that's not to say that I don't judge because there's still like I I still have like this radar of a little bit of judgment because again, part of the human condition, I think we were built that way like that guy might murder me, so I should avoid them. Mm-hmm. And whatever in your like Sure, your there's a healthy blank. level of judgment. Yeah, there's a healthy healthy level, but I think that there's like, I hate mom guilt so much. I hate it. I hate Mm. that moms feel guilty for like not being the best moms or not being like the best homeschool moms or not being the best working mom. Like I hate it so much. Like why can't we all just give each other a break? Cause this is fucking hard to do like raising kids. It's just hard. And we all know it's hard. We've all, it's just so hard. And that can be true of any type of judgment or guilt. Like, we're all doing the same thing. We're all living our life. Just 
don't judge other people. <laughs> yeah. Like, I saw a video about parenting. This mom was like, a lot of moms or parents will get, uh, you know, really stressed with their kid, really yeah. angry with their children for not being a certain way or whatever. Uh, and then they feel guilty for getting mm-hmm. or for not being the best mother or whatever. And so the thing that the video was trying to portray was if you can recognize that you are also growing up with your child at the same time and give yourself a little bit of credit, a little bit of slack and a little bit of like, just, Hey, it's okay. It's like right. you're also learning. <laughs> you're... And if you mess up, it's okay. Yeah. Like just like when your child messes up, they're it's just okay. learning. Yeah. So are you. Yeah. And this is new for you. And then it's also an opportunity since you know, you're both learning for you to create a teachable moment for your kid and also for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't, I can't think of a specific example, but there was something that happened where I was recently with parenting's hard. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Not even close. Oh, I think I was yelling at one of the kids and I have a really concentrated, like, I don't like yelling. My mom yelled a lot and I don't, I just didn't, wasn't part of my motherhood, but sometimes you got to yell at the freaking kids because it's just how it is. (laughs) So, but there was one time where I was busy working or some situation and I yelled and it was not one of those moments that deserved yelling. So, um, made the kid cry went into the kid and I was like okay I shouldn't have yelled at you and they were like yeah mom you shouldn't have yelled at me and I was like but you also shouldn't have done what you did so I'm gonna apologize for yelling you apologize for what you did and we'll both get better and then we high-fived and it was nice. fine I love that. <laughs> like it was an opportunity for both that's of us awesome. to apologize and like take ownership and then yeah that's a great teachable moment I love that. and I'd love to say that every time I yell I do that that would be a lie yeah sometimes I've- that's all like I think that kids have a pretty good capacity to recognize that their parents aren't perfect. Oh yeah. And if a, they can tell when, a, when your parent does something wrong, yeah. you can tell. And then if your parent was just like, if they slapped you or something, you know, it's pretty bad. Yeah. But then if the parent was like, came back in and just apologized, like, Hey, you know what? I lost my temper. That was not okay. What I did. Maybe slapping is a bad example, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I get like, what you're saying. If you just, if the parent can just go in and apologize. Yeah. And I feel like so I have no grounds to talk about this because I'm not a parent. You do have grounds though because you were a child. Yeah. So when a parent apologizes, it just like it fixes yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it, I mean, I think a big thing with parents is they don't, they, when you have kids, you're the person that they look up to. You're their, you're, you're responsible for their entire life. And you, so you kind of have like this mantle you put on yourself for like, I need to be this. So my kid turns out to be this, but I think sometimes it's okay to like level set with your kid and it's actually a good opportunity for your kid to then grow up and maybe potentially become a better human because yeah. you're level setting. Just with be him. honest, be yeah. humble. Like, yeah. Hey, I fucked up yeah. and I'm sorry about that. My bad. Except for I wouldn't say fucked up in front of my kids because they'd go to school and right. say it. <laughs> like, you know what? I really, I, I made a mistake. I done this is what up I did wrong. wrong. Yeah. And like just show them humility because yeah. I don't know. I could also do a whole podcast about toxic masculinity and what it means to be prideful and all that. But Oh my gosh, Clark would be so good could do all the podcast man yeah. yeah for sure i'd be happy to have you on for another one. Oh, don't say that because then i'm gonna be like let's start a whole new podcast i'll be your co-host let's interview people <laughs> yeah that i can't do i, I know it, i wouldn't be able to full disclosure i wouldn't be able to fit that into my life <laughs> yeah well at least you know your boundaries yeah your limits I do. it's okay Sometimes. to be ambitious oh. i am oh, full circle <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. well it's been two hours we have had we've cover. talked for two hours this is the yeah. longest podcast you've ever done yep are you gonna put the whole thing on there whole thing oh swear gosh. words and all <laughs> oh shit <laughs> i'm like uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous to 
for the whole uh, psychedelic thing. Why? Just. Oh, no, I, I, I don't know why I ask why, because I get it. Like, I'm nervous that if my yeah, dad listens to it, But, like, you're trying, to, you're trying to just encourage me. Like, it's okay. Like, support. You it's know? all right. Good. Yeah. Matt, Matt I mean, support. I, I'm not ashamed of what I... Because it's been absolutely instrumental in my journey of growth and process of healing. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't like to talk about it, like, too much because it's so different for everybody. And I don't want to be like, go do psychedelics. They're great. <laughs> you know, because it's not well, for everyone. first of all, you didn't convince me. Second of all, I not judging you either good so. <laughs> thanks and good but yeah it's just been after the divorce i was struggling with a lot of anxiety a mm-hmm. lot of guilt shame all those things and yeah. then also leaving the church a lot of judgment from the family and it was difficult yeah and then psychedelics really helped to like detach myself from that and from my experience and who i was and just like your body almost it's yeah. very like physically detaching interesting and it helps you to reanalyze and then have a new perspective of yourself and what you've been through. Like rather once than, you come back into it? Like yeah, once like, you come back out of it? It doesn't make you feel so... Like, you know how sometimes when something happens to you, you're like, I identify as a victim of this. Uh-huh. I, yes. It can remove you from that mm-hmm. sense of victim, mm-hmm. victimhood. Victimism? <laughs> victimism, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that word is. <laughs> like that. At least that's what it's done for me. This right. is all just my own experience. Yeah. So. And I don't think you should be, I understand why you're nervous about it because again, the guilt drugs. and the shame and it's drugs. So. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, if it's been that instrumental and part of who you are and you already did it anyways, no big deal, man. And like what you and I were talking about before the podcast, like if you can just stop caring so much about what people think of you. Yeah, I don't care. It's so liberating. Oh my gosh, it's so liberating. Yeah, just live your life. Do your thing. Yeah, I do not. I, when I tell you I don't get embarrassed, like I, I don't. I don't get embarrassed at all. I still feel some embarrassment for certain things, you know? I don't. So cool. Ask me anything. I'm not embarrassed. I mean, uh, and I will literally, like my my poor children, I traumatize them in grocery <laughs> stores. If a song comes on that I like, I will dance like crazy. I will juggle like whatever. And I get that that's a different type of embarrassment. Yeah. But that, but that will show you that I, I just don't anymore because, and it's liberating. It's a really good feeling. Yeah. And this this whole podcast makes me seem like I'm such like this mogul, awesome person. I still have flaws. <laughs> Just oh, throw yeah. that out there. <laughs> For sure. Gotta stay humble. Disclaimer. I'm not perfect. Disclaimer. I'm not perfect. Also, if you feel bad for me, I accept Diet Coke donations. <laughs> <laughs> Fuel the addiction. Fuel it. Yeah. Well, thanks, Cheyenne. This was thanks, thoroughly enjoyable. I'm I liked glad. talking to you. I like talking to you too. We should hang out. I want to meet Taylor talk about cults i really want to talk to her about a cult i didn't know i think that was brought up in one of your podcasts with her but i wasn't into cults at the time yeah she i'll I'll ask her about it she's into it she got out of it like five years ago she was in it for like a long time since she was what 22 and she's 33 now she's older than you yeah was damn older than you yeah interesting I'm not yeah. judging. I'm just I mean, curious. those cougars. <laughs> Taken. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of a funny joke with Kaylin. Okay, fine. I'll tell you. Everything reminds me. <laughs> it's because she's my best friend and she's funny. She has lots of inside jokes. Tell the joke. We went to Wildlife Safari. We used to do that all the time. Kaylin, we need to go to Wildlife Safari again. And they have a cougar on display. And I can't remember if she said it or I said it, but we were walking by. And very loudly one of us exclaimed oh my gosh look a cougar we used to be cougars because we went to byu their mascot's the cougar yeah and all these people were like why are you <laughs> proud of that <laughs> it was and then we were laughing so hard uh, i almost peed my pants that's awesome it was pretty great 
yeah, I don't know what it is about older women. I, I just think after my divorce, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to date anybody under 30. Just because that was like the age that felt yeah. mature to me. And I, you seem very mature. <laughs> Excuse me. But that was just my thing. You know, I was no, like, I, no, I, I just want to date somebody who like has their shit together and who's been through, like I wanted to date somebody with like trauma. <laughs> I want another broken person like yeah. me. No, I get that. Clark has trauma yeah. and divorces and stuff. I, the weird thing is, is I had like the, this is what I want and the person I date for the first two and that didn't turn out very well. Mm. And then with Clark, it like that list went out the window. I'm like, I don't really care as long as you're literally my best friend. And then that's been the best. Relationship. I really threw out the list too. There were a few things I didn't want. Like I, I didn't really want somebody that had kids. I just felt like that wasn't something I was. A lot of baggage. I mean, and if yeah, you don't have kids, then it's hard. types of baggage yeah. that are, yeah. I think are okay to, to say, you know what? No, I don't, I don't really want to deal with that. Yeah. I don't think that I'm equipped to handle that baggage and somebody else is, and you should have that person because you're just going to be better off. Right. And I have my baggage and I need to find somebody who's willing to take that. Yeah. And there's certain times when you get with somebody who you're like, oh yeah, you've got baggage. Everybody does. But like, this doesn't feel heavy right. for me to, mm-hmm. to help you yeah. carry. Share that. Yep. So it's Clark. If you yeah. ever do a podcast about relationships, it'd be fun to get him on here. Dude, all of my podcasts, I feel like all my episodes are about relationships That's in true. some way. That's very true. I have a, a, I have so many podcasts. I So it was interracial marriage was the first one. That one's yeah. dead, gone. <laughs> that and one's, we've divorced from yeah, that one. Divorced. I, I deleted all that. So <laughs> I still have the episodes somewhere in a hard drive, but they're, yeah, they're dead. And then it was ambitious, which is a separate one. It's this one. Then mm-hmm. it turned to Clough Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Now it's back. And I have another one with Taylor called Creative Cream. Oh, I've listened to that one too. Yeah. And I listened to that one and I felt like I'm not creative enough to be on that one. <laughs> so I'm really glad. Grad, really glad. Really Brad. You're... I'm really Brad. Grad. <laughs> yeah, glad that one's fun. that you brought this one back. That's, uh, wait, we just, I don't know. It's so hard to have a co-host. Yeah. Because you have to deal with somebody else's schedule, somebody else's desire and... Even though she's your partner, mm-hmm. you guys just have really conflicting schedules. Yeah, uh, yeah, and just mm-hmm. when we want to be home, like we we work together, and she has a, another job as well. Yeah. So on our off time, it's like, you don't do we really want to do a yeah, podcast about, about our relationship and just disclose like our fighting. Clark and I want to do a podcast. That's yeah. why I got a mic. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Sweet. <laughs> I just love having my own. It's so great. Like That's I can awesome. interview who I want. I can talk about what I want. I can swear about what I want. I can talk <laughs> about psychedelics. I can. It's yeah. You know, then you don't got to filter it. it or run it through anybody else. And I, that's the first time I've ever said don't gotta in my life. So <laughs> record it on. Your There's been a lot of uh, invented words in this episode. Am girl. And find a. Find a. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if uh, I don't cut you off, we're never going to end this. Okay. We're going to stop. Thanks, Thanks, everybody, for tuning into this podcast episode. This was great. Thanks, Cheyenne. Thanks, Ammon.